0: The year is 2017, the month, November. The world had not yet fallen apart. I was finishing up my first semester of university in my film production program, so naturally I thought I was now an expert on the art form. That was not the case. However, I was quickly learning and my process of film critique was ever evolving. Earlier that year, we were blessed with such hit films as Dunkirk, Logan, and War for the Planet of the Apes. The Marvel Cinematic Universe was also stronger than ever with its slate that year. And continually rising towards its inevitable climax starting the following year but more pertinently dc's film wonder woman directed by patty jenkins was released in early 2017 to all-around acclaim and box office success the film was celebrated for its departure from the black hole that was the dceu up to that point instead opting to imbue the audience with a sense of fun and imagination while also being a smart savvy movie one might say that wonder woman was the first real film of the dceu On top of its success in the technical and filmmaking realms, the project was also a shining and popular example of a movie that hit home with audiences and also starred a strong female lead. All around this was a victory. But Wonder Woman was not DC's only planned release that year. And now we return to November, as my friend Ethan and I settle into our seats in the theatre to watch Justice League, directed by Joss Whedon. Justice League is the supposed culmination of Zack Snyder's vision for the DCU since his inception with Man of Steel. Snyder originally claimed the role of director on this film, and finished filming a considerable portion of it, but due to a tragic family emergency which we will not discuss in detail, Zack was forced to walk away from the project. That's when Joss Whedon took over. Despite the worry that the film would become a hodgepodge of visions, there was still some hope considering that Whedon was responsible for miraculously assembling the Avengers in their initial outing as a team over in the MCU. Who else could be a better pick? Ultimately, though, with the questionable track record of the DCEU thus far, Ethan and I went in cynical. And you know what? It turns out we were right, too. Joss Whedon's Justice League, or as some refer to it, Justice League, was an abysmal, corporate-driven, test-tube abomination. Not in the same way that Suicide Squad was the year prior, but a similar result nonetheless. Unlike Suicide Squad, Justice League works structurally, and there seems to have been even the smallest stroke of process taken to create it, But, really, it was still a directionless, visionless, soulless product. And now a brief synopsis. Shortly after the death of Superman, Batman discovers the presence of alien creatures on the prowl in Gotham City. When he kills one of these aliens, its blood splatters and forms a pattern on the wall, depicting three boxes. After realizing these aliens are starting to invade because of Superman's absence, he embarks to recruit other heroes for some global defense. Using the knowledge of other metahumans from Lex Luthor's super-archives seen in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, he and Diana Prince, aka Wonder Woman, scrape together Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, three uncharacters who live in this movie's head rent-free. Wonder Woman exposits the story behind the three boxes Batman saw in the alien blood splatter, and tells the team that those boxes are the three mother boxes. She tells them the one in her home kingdom of Amazonians has been stolen by the film's cartoon antagonist, Steppenwolf, while Aquaman says the same about the one from his home of Atlantis. Cyborg reveals he has the last one secured because, of course, all three are directly accessible to three of our main characters who happen to already know each other. Also, Cyborg's mother box was used to turn him into a cyborg to begin with. I feel like that's important to mention. Never mind, it doesn't really affect the film. The team then decides to fucking grave rob Superman's dead body and bring him back to life with their mother box, Superman wakes up cranky, and this results in the only fun scene in the entire movie, in which the team tries to calm him down. During this debacle, Steppenwolf steals the Mother Box, which was the last one he needed to complete his plans of doing generic alien movie things. After Superman flies off for a bit to mellow out, the rest of the team go and face Steppenwolf and get their asses kicked. But oh my god, would you believe it? Superman shows up. He comically beats Steppenwolf like nothing and then takes the team out for ice cream the end. After the movie had finished, Ethan and I felt like we had forfeited the money we spent on our tickets, and only felt solace in the fact that at least some of the admission admission price would go to supporting our local theater. We walked away that night feeling that the fall of the DCU was imminent. Over the next few years, DC's slate of releases proved to be middling at best, consisting from 2018 to 2020 of Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of Prey, and Wonder Woman 1984. Yes, even the charm of the Wonder Woman franchise had been corrupted by this point, and her role in Justice League was substanceless and disappointing. Foiling DC's path was Marvel's, for over these few years, the MCU had successfully reached its series-wide climax and finale with worldwide acclaim, and Marvel had even begun to announce its plans for the future. It seemed that this was the final nail in the coffin for the DCU. Pause for a dramatic effect. The year is now 2021, The month? March. Fans had been dreaming of it. It had been hyped up for months now, and it was finally time to release the Snyder Cut. Zack Snyder, not having directed a project since what little creative input he had on Justice League, was coming back, and he was coming back hard. In mid-March, we received Zack Snyder's untouched vision of Justice League in its original design. Released via streaming, this may have been the most personal project Zack had ever worked on, with only a small percentage of reshoots, and completely discarding the footage Whedon had shot. He completely rejuvenated the idea of the Justice League film, and breathed new life into the result. And he did it all for no pay. The mark of a true artist, I say. I rewatched Whedon's version immediately before going into the Snyder Cut for the first time, and I must say, the differences are enough to call this a different movie altogether. To clarify, the story makes so much more sense, the characters are written much better, and the film actually feels like it was the making of a single filmmaker. Objectively, I don't even think particularly highly of this film, but that doesn't change how blown away I am at the striking contrast between what was jumbled in post-production for the theatrical release and what was carefully crafted for Snyder's passion project. Regardless of how I feel about the movie itself, how it sits in my memory, how it looks, how it compares to Marvel's efforts, I have to praise this movie for representing a victory for passionate filmmakers regardless of their skill or relatability. In previous episodes, we have discussed what went wrong with the two prior Zack Snyder DCEU entries, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, and how those movies would feed into the greater Justice League story. But the existence of this movie speaks about so much more than the culmination of a cinematic universe. It stands for artistic integrity breaking through corporate walls and succeeding at it. Zack Snyder took his movie back, And for the record, I think his cut of Justice League is better than both Man of Steel and BVS. And it's certainly worlds better than Justice League. There has been a prominent display of interest from fans suggesting to restore the Snyderverse. With the franchise having been through its dark age, it looks like Zack Snyder's Justice League might be the light at the end of that tunnel, and the rebirth of the DCEU may indeed be on the other side. But that's just my opinion, and I'm not the only one here to talk about this. So, now let me introduce our other hosts, Carolina and Marco, to give us their takes on the Justice League situation. Wow. Damn,
1: Dan. Wow. You really uh, <laughs> stepped up our intros from the last couple weeks. Really? Me I had a on lot to learn. To journey. Live up to. <laughs> yeah, wow.
2: Felt like I was there. And I never were, even I mean, saw you... the original Justice League. <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> Would you like to go first, Carol?
2: Yeah. Um, so i couldn't find the original justice league honestly just the dceu movies are so hard to find on streaming they're all in different places and i don't understand how or why anyway so I, i skipped the original justice league i watched a really detailed youtube video that described the differences and then dan even filled in some more blanks so you know i think i'm good i heard it was bad i get it but i did watch the snyder cut so, honestly, I feel like that's worth more. Because, you know, it was four whole hours of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we're that's what we're here to talk about. So, I won't really spoil every thought I had. But for a four-hour movie that was following two movies that, obviously, we didn't really like that much, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't hate it. I'll say it didn't feel like four hours. It felt like maybe, like, 3.30. So. Yeah that was a good for it um and i i did feel like the characters all got fleshed out and i was generally like yeah it was fine i get it
1: dan i'm very happy to hear what you just said because like we were talking about before we started recording this dan had been very secretive about his thoughts (laughs) and so i was like okay either dan is going to love this movie or he's going to like hate it worse than the theatrical and i was like i i don't know what to expect but thankfully i think you your summary like perfectly captured kind of yeah. what carol and i were saying in the group chat um yeah you know my take on this movie is like i think of it two different ways one is in comparison to justice league and then <laughs> i didn't one know it just, was called
2: that also and i yeah. had to stop myself from <laughs> cackling when you said yeah. it
1: <laughs> and then uh one is just as as its own movie as a sequel to man of steel and uh Batman or superman so in comparison to justice league yes it is i mean it's a complete film and like we're gonna get into the differences but you know there's no weird color collect color correction um that goes on like post-production wise you know there's no weird scenes that are reshot that are intercut with stuff that was already shot where ben affleck is like 20 pounds heavier and is <laughs> like dealing with alcoholism and i don't even mean that to be rude i mean the dude literally like checked in for like alcoholism yeah. like at a rehab center so like He was not in a good place during those reshoots. So, I mean, it's just so clear that, yeah, this movie is a complete movie and is, like, head and shoulders (laughs) above the theatrical cut. And they didn't
2: have to remove the mustache. Oh, my God. mustache.
1: We'll get into it, (laughs) but yeah. Now, as a, just as a movie, uh, you know, my, my cousin Darian, who listens to this podcast, him and I were talking about it. Shout out to Darian. And he asked me what I thought. And I was really thinking about it. And the final answer I came up with was I think it's good enough. Like I think based on what was set up in man of steel and Batman vs Superman, and as much as there's lots of characterization that those movies get wrong, I think this is kind of the, a good enough version of a justice league movie that we could have had based on those two movies. Um, and i don't think it's great and i don't think it lives up to other superhero movies that we've seen but you know we talked a lot about in man of steel that as much as it doesn't work there's there are moments in there that you really hang on to and like by the end we were all kind of like let's see where this universe goes and then batman vs superman happened and i was like let this universe die <laughs> but after seeing this movie i very much do kind of feel like yeah let him make his other two justice league sequels I would like watch them it, i would watch them it's yeah, not i agree it's not my you know um greg miller from uh, uh kind of funny uh is a big dc fan and he's like reviewed these movies and i think he said it the best where he's like if you sat me down and we were like pitch a dc cinematic universe this is not what i would come up with this is not like my interpretation of dc but having this be what he went with this movie kind of fulfills that i think to dance point in the best way i think it is the best of the three movies that we've watched mm-hmm. and i think that there is enough cool stuff in here that yeah absolutely i would be down to to see where he takes it um even though i kind of know where he takes it and a lot of the places he takes it aren't great but <laughs> yeah. that's okay like i would be down to watch it and i i am really interested to talk with you guys just about yeah the more creator aspect of what went down between joss and zach and how zach really got fucked over and how i am very happy he got to at least release this version and that pretty universally everyone is like yeah dude like this is fine you did fine you don't (laughs) deserve like all the shit that you got um yeah so that's kind of my take on the movie
0: and i feel it's important to end our trilogy of episodes on this note yeah because we have like like i said in the intro we have like gone into detail with what we very much don't like about the first two um more so with batman v superman especially Mm -hmm. but uh i feel ending on this well first we're going to talk about the theatrical but ending on the snyder cut is a good note to end on i think
1: i think so yeah i agree i think it yeah i think it it does yeah like kind of like man of steel It, it leaves you in a place where you're like you know what whatever the bad stuff was i think there's enough good that i would be interested to see and i do think I, yeah we'll get into lots of the behind the scenes stuff but obviously with this movie coming out like zach's been giving a lot of interviews and stuff and hearing him explain a little bit his take more on what this movie was supposed to be and like his take on the dc universe kind of interested me a little bit and i was like yeah i guess i could see where you're coming from even if it, what didn't always work but i think this movie is where it works the most with what his ideas were um, so we'll get into that later. It doesn't matter because I know we want we want to talk about the theatrical cut and how much of an yeah. abomination it was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think like to sum up what you're saying is, like you said, it's not the it's still not the ideal DC cinematic universe you would imagine. Yeah. But it does the absolute best with the material it had to work with prior. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. For sure. And I agree. Totally good enough. <laughs> Gets yeah. the job done. You know what I mean? Well, so, I think even yes. just yeah. the
2: fact that he got people to sit through a four-hour movie and they weren't like i want to die by the end like that alone is a feat and like yeah. kudos
0: oh my god like can you imagine the material of batman v superman extended to four hours that's what
2: i was worried. i couldn't even pay attention to that whole movie like,
0: yeah <laughs> you'd you'd have made two banana bread folks
2: yeah. yeah. one for each half maybe six one for every yeah. chapter oh my god <laughs> this movie is Uh, it's engaging
1: like at at the end of the day it's engaging and i mean uh, let's get right into the comparisons to justice league like the theatrical cut yeah let's do it like my biggest problem i remember i remember so i i generally see most superhero movies in theaters i didn't see the theatrical cut of justice league in theaters because it was like right around my birthday weekend and i was like i don't want to do you want to split (laughs) yeah i was like i don't want to do that to myself um but i remember i remember dan saw it and we talked about it and he was like dude (laughs) <laughs> this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I was like, "Oh no." And the first time I watched it, I it, it was such an odd experience because I was just not engaged whatsoever with the movie, and I kind of felt like I kept stopping to be like, "Am I even watching a movie right? Like, what am I do? Like I I didn't th- it was just this layer of like stuff was happening on the screen, and it didn't <laughs> seem to like flow or anything make sense um and there are a lot of scenes that i think are actually similar between the two movies but then for some reason in the snyder cut they work and it's not for some reason it's because (laughs) they were all shot with purpose and edited with purpose and even if what's happening in the scene is kind of silly um i feel engaged with it because i i understand it and it's not just a haphazard attempt to put a movie into theaters
2: yeah, putting movie into theaters that you were just thrown into that they didn't move the release date for that had a yeah. hard time of 2 hours and he cut it to exactly 2 hours on the nose. Yeah, it's like
0: literally exactly. Two which hours.
2: means that the cutting process must have been brutal cuz he must like the thi- like that is such a restriction and like maybe if it was an hour and a half you'd think like okay, he still like had an idea and was able to cut it down. But the fact that it was 2 hours, you know he was like fuck i should leave like this scene in this scene for context but i just can't because the studio won't let me and i'm sure yeah. that didn't help i know i haven't actually seen it this is just based on stuff i've read about the development process of this film but it seems like a nightmare
0: <laughs> well you that's a good point and even if it's not true that he left some out that he shouldn't have to cut it down to two hours it might also be the opposite where he it was under two hours and he left filler in because i can definitely see that with the theatrical cut like there's a lot of shit at the beginning <laughs> that isn't in the snyder cut well that does not sorry no no no, I no, no. Say, go
1: for it dan keep saying what you're saying
0: that i was just gonna say it, does, it clearly does not need to be there because as we see in later in the snyder cut like it's much clearer without some of these particular scenes but
1: yeah i mean this is what i think the the problem is and i think it's what happens when this is you know i mean people shit on the marvel movies for being like movies made by committee but i think the theatrical cut of justice league is maybe the most like it's literally it is literally a movie made by committee because you know and carol and i were talking about a little bit about this before but you know zach shoots four hours i mean not four hours of footage but like however many hours of footage he shot for a four-hour movie and wb Warner Brothers does this really awful thing of like basically wanting to have brought someone in. As far as I understand, the plan was always in post production, we'll bring someone else in to like finish the movie and like who will like listen to us <laughs> because we don't like what Zach's done with BBS. And then, you know, unfortunately, like we talked about, we don't have to go into details, but like Zach uh, suffered a very sad tragedy in his own family and was kind of like, I need to step away from the movie. And Warner Brothers. Was like yes, which is like the worst thing you can do. It was like Zach wasn't even out the door, and they were like, "Yeah, Joss, it's come like in." The slimiest. Yeah, thing. it's yeah. awful. And then you know, and 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 they give Joss all these very specific directives of like the movie's got to be brighter, and it can only be two hours, and it needs to be funnier. And then you get this thing, and like to Dan's point, you know, there's like. You can tell what Superman footage is reshot in the Justice League because of the, like, mustache that they had to CGI out. Which maybe, I mean, maybe the movie's far enough away now that we should, like, talk about this. (laughs) At the time, when they went to reshoot footage, Henry Cavill was shooting footage for Mission Impossible where he has a mustache. And basically, Warner Brothers was like, hey, Paramount, can, like, Henry Cavill shoot his mustache? shave it and shoot, his can mustache. He shoot it they were like can you shave it and like and the funny thing was they were like look like we've put together like a prosthetics department and we're gonna do these tests to show you that we can like create a prosthetic mustache and just to like spite warner brothers paramount was like no fuck you no he can't <laughs> shave it because he needs it for our movie um for our better movie. for a much better movie and um yeah so in justice league like you can tell when you know that's one of the biggest problems with it. Superman has a CGI upper lip, and it looks <laughs> awful. It doesn't even look photo real. It's not even just—it's not even just like the uncanny valley thing of like you can tell something's wrong. It legitimately doesn't look photo real in a lot yeah. of scenes. Like it looks CG. It looks like a like Toy Story character is on his lip. Um, and that was the fascinating thing is like watching that movie, and you're like, oh, every scene Superman's in in Justice League, almost every scene he has the CGI mustache. Yeah, And that was, like, the first moment where I was, like, how much of this did he reshoot? Because at the time, like, the rumors were, yeah, it was, like, 95% done. And he shot, like, a couple scenes. But then, you know, that whole opening scene with Batman and the Parademon where there's the burglar yeah. that's just tied up. And, like, comedically at one point just, like, hops into frame. And is like, <laughs> what's going on, Batman? And Batman's just, like, having a conversation with this guy. Uh, and then, you know you get into the weird perverted stuff with like wonder woman like there was a shot that i joked about in the man of steel episode of it's it's when like batman and barry allen are getting off the plane and in the theatrical cut it the shot is just like it's her butt like her butt is the shot and you like see them like kind of like off center a little bit of the frame yeah uh or you know there's a scene where the flash falls on wonder woman and like accidentally like falls on her boobs and then like gets up really fast and is like, Oh, sorry about that. And you know, and a lot of the controversy, like after this movie has, after the theatrical cut came out and we started to learn more stuff about this is that apparently there was lots of issues with like actors on the set doing reshoots with Joss Whedon. And so it, it really is like an entirely different movie. Because there even he scenes... wrote
2: eighty new pages for it.
1: Well, this is the thing: is that even scenes. So you know, in the theatrical cut and the Snyder cut, we have a scene where Batman goes to visit Aquaman as Bruce Wayne. That scene is like entirely reshot. Even though there's lots of dialogue that's the same, you can tell because Ben Affleck, like I was kind of joking about earlier, looks like he looks different. He, like he put on some weight. He was dealing with alcoholism at the problem, and at the time, and um, yeah, I I, I don't know. It's it's so weird that like zach got screwed over this much and that this is such a movie of like we need this many percent more jokes and you can only have this runtime and it needs to be brighter and like artificially brighter because like and i mean Dan, you can talk about this but like a large part of like costume design obviously is like you're going into it with an idea of like lighting in mind and even cinematography like scenes are lit a certain way to be color corrected a certain way in the editing process and then joss whedon just came in and like turned up the saturation of everything and also like just changed background colors and so everyone looks stupid and like what movie are you in
0: yeah and (laughs) and not to jump too far ahead but in the snyder cut superman when he comes back he wears a black superman suit which is like okay it's clearly been recolored for the joss whedon cut in post like they it's like a coloring book like they colored all over the suit and it's just it feels so fake knowing that
2: well, it's even you know. funny watching the comparison video because it's clips one after the other, um, and just seeing the colors and the 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 Joss Sweden version versus the Snyder cut. I was like, "How did people watch it?" Like, I I know, yeah, yeah sure. Sometimes movies are bright because you know it's daytime and they're outside, but this was just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's like they they overcompensated for the feedback of like make it more like a marvel movie yeah. where it's it's not depressing looking yeah. and it just went so it went way too far in the other direction and it's like it, like literally what you were saying Marco about checking all those boxes from Warner Brothers if you have like it, it reminds me of like when you go on a website and you want to like order like a computer or something and you can check all these boxes of specs that you want Mm -hmm. like you can custom make a computer to order online yeah like a laptop that's like if the laptop was this movie and warner brothers was like ordering it they like gave joss whedon this list of all the specs that they wanted in the final product Mm -hmm. and then he had to like work like find ways to work around getting them in there and that's not how you make a movie no absolutely. and that's that's literally that's why i call it a test tube movie and like I said in the intro Suicide Squad clearly suffered from the same problems um but the Snyder cut is very much like whether you like it or not it's one person's directorial vision and that's why it sits so much better with me
1: yeah I mean I think that you know it it definitely um Warner Brothers was on a bit of a power trip at the time for sure because like you said I mean it happened with Suicide Squad where they brought in the company that cut the trailer for the movie to recut the movie even though like the director was support- yeah that's a good point too. like the director david ayer like well-known director was like supposed to have final cut on the movie and i forget they got around the contract in some loophole or something and they were able to like have the trailer company recut it which is just like what it's so stupid it's so dumb it's such an awful just choice think of it, the it as a thing- giant trailer <laughs> yeah
2: well and i
1: guess yeah that's the thing yeah and the frustrating thing with especially like with the snyder cut is or not like with the theatrical cut compared to the snyder cut is like you greenlit this when it was a script like you knew what was being made and ultimately you guys had to see dailies about what was being shot so i don't understand how you let it get that far like i guess the example i'm thinking of is solo because solo which I'm not saying that the the version of solo star wars story we got is great but you know lord and miller were working on that movie and disney was seeing dailies and stuff come back and they were unhappy with it and they fired them and brought in a new guy and they rewrote it and they kind of started from scratch and you know did it turn out being a great movie no but at least it's like a coherent movie and i just i'm so fascinated that they snaked zach out of this like at least have the like just the decency of a human to be like listen we don't like this direction but the thing is it's not that they didn't like the direction they clearly don't know what the, it was just like after they started getting feedback about batman v superman yeah. and getting the comparisons to marvel that the executives were like oh i guess we shouldn't do this like it has nothing to do with taste and i guess that's like the most frustrating thing for me is yeah they don't care they're just following the crowd yeah they're literally just like following the in like legitimately the internet crowd i'm just like going through twitter and being like what are people saying about our movie which is so sad and it's just you know it's and it's also so weird to me though now having seen the snyder cut like sure people were shitting on batman for superman i get it but if you saw like dailies and like somewhat cut together footage from the snyder cut like how could you possibly think joss whedon's cut of the movie was in any way an improvement?
0: I know, yeah but like, apparently, that's, like, the that's the biggest point to me
2: be made. Apparently people were saying that um, People were calling some of the earlier cut- Snyder cuts Unwatchable Like some of the WB execs And that's why they were like, okay, we need another person And I guess Joss Whedon's version um, When they did like Testing and showed it to audiences Before release, it was testing As well as Wonder Woman did so that's why they're like good enough let's go i don't know how i don't know who they brought in for that audience but but apparently they thought it was as good as wonder woman and they trusted it and just went with it despite the fact that they personally might not have loved it but also the reason they refused to push back the release date to make the film you know any better if they had a little more time is so the executives could keep their annual bonuses motherfuckers nice
1: Nice. classic Warner brothers which snakes they don't give a shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> awful that's so that's so awful and it's so I sad too. like like just the, the backdrop of like yeah just like screwing over this one person while they're going through like the hardest time in their life already yeah. it's like like what the hell is wrong with you that you have to like yeah i don't know i, I yeah i mean you yeah, know i guess we can maybe just get into like more specific stuff now about the differences between the cuts that really stand yeah. out um the couple of things that really stand out to me, obviously one we touched on, is the mustache. <laughs> obviously, like, the CGI lip. Awful.
0: I think the only scene that was a Snyder scene that doesn't have the mustache is that scene I talked about where, like, Superman wakes up and the team is trying to, like, wrestle him in. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the only scene that I can remember that doesn't have that stupid CGI up I think lip. you're
1: right. That scene's about, like, the same between the two. And then, yeah, also, I think every other scene yeah it's fascinating uh so like that's I, something that stands out to me um something else that stands out to me is obviously ben affleck totally checked out in justice league I oh, mean, yeah <laughs> just isn't even there like i i it's, it's like
0: amy adams in batman v. yeah <laughs> it's,
1: i mean and honestly like it's hard to watch again to know that well here's a person that was you know after the fact we know was going through something really difficult and is like having to be batman in this really <laughs> shittily written reshoot thing who was probably just like why the fuck am i here and you know that's that's that sucks that's awful um and then i guess just the weird perverted stuff with wonder woman also really stands out to me and like not even that i'm the most you know like i mean obviously if some, there's something like really weird going on with like female characters that stands out to me but i'm not the type of person that like gets really really pays attention obviously as like just a white guy and gets in depth about like oh that like really specific thing you did is actually low-key sexist like that stuff doesn't generally stand out to me but i mean for fuck's sakes dude like why do we why are we having jokes from like 1960s movies and then i guess you know after this movie's come out like i alluded to lots of cast members have come out saying that joss is like a scumbag and then lots of other people yeah from, i read about that too. like other productions he's worked in have come out saying that he's kind of a scumbag and i guess that scene with like flash falling on gal gadot's like boobs i guess she straight up was like i'm not doing this scene and if i remember correctly i believe they actually had like just a stunt woman do it and they just like cgi'd her face on it because she's like i'm not doing it like i'm not doing this scene this is ridiculous um but I, I mean this is where warner brothers spent their money was on shit like that uh and then something else i just want to point in point point. and I, I guess here's the thing right like the differences are in two categories. It, there, it's stuff he added in the theatrical cut versus stuff that's just different. So, and I think most of what I'm like making fun of right now is just stuff that he added. So, like obviously the mustache stuff, the weird sex stuff, and then the other thing he added that makes me really just like, what the hell is like? A lot of the dialogue in the theatrical cut is like, uh, bad. It's not even coherent dialogue. Like when Superman comes back to life and he's talking to Lois Lane. And she says, like, how did it feel, like, dying and come back to life? And Superman goes, itchy. Yeah. Like, that's no. literally the... He goes, itchy. And then she goes, ha ha. And then, like, it just cut. And I was like, this is this is a joke, right? Like, this... I'm not even jo- Like, I'm not... The thing is, I'm not even doing this for comedic effect. That oh is God. the dialogue exchange between the two of them.
0: I can back that up and, <laughs> it t- totally is
1: and it's just like you guys spent how much fucking money reshooting this movie and replacing zack Snee's like scene with that moment and like joss whedon like wrote that moment into the screenplay it's it's like it is like shocking stuff for me
2: also apparently there's a oh scene you know, with a Russian jo- family
0: i was just you gonna you guys that's explain literally that just
2: to gonna me say. <laughs> Oh, it's not a
1: scene it's not a scene it's an entire it's subplot in the movie yeah okay yeah
2: I heard that was not damn go
1: th- ahead <laughs> take it take
0: it buddy so yeah basically th- this is like exclusive to the Joss Whedon cut yeah. but like he added he felt there wasn't enough empathy with the people that like lived in the Chernobyl town where the final no. uh, stop yeah. who cares oh, Yeah. so yeah he, he wrote in this like Russian family it's very um What's his name? Roland Emmerich.
1: Yes, it is it is
0: so Roland Em you're right. It's just like it's just it's yeah, it's extras that we never they're never like they don't have an arc or anything. No. They're just cut back to constantly and we're supposed to care about them and then like Flash saves well, them. and it's funny now because
1: <sighs> and I guess, you know, let's transition, I guess into talking about like how screwed over a lot of the other Justice League members got that didn't have their own solo movies because everyone in this movie and for better or worse i've said a lot that i don't love ezra miller's interpretation of the flash like just his like performance um but all these characters had like arcs in the movie and the flash and cyborg in particular are like pretty much cut out of justice league entirely yeah Uh, especially got
0: fucked over
1: especially cyborg cyborg has nothing to do with justice league but then i was thinking about the flash and it's so funny because they completely cut out the time travel stuff Mm -hmm. uh so all that's left for the flash to do is do that weird shit of saving the family and that's it kind of hit me where i was like oh, that's why they had to reshoot that because they didn't want to use the time travel stuff. And I, I did read but somewhere... But why
0: didn't they want to use the time travel stuff? I read stuff?
1: somewhere that that was a WB directive. They were like, we don't want the time travel stuff in this movie. <laughs> I don't get it,
3: though. I don't-, I, I don't
1: get it either. And so they had to reshoot that. I mean, that also explains... So something I was like... In our like just general intro thoughts on this movie, there was that scene in the original cut that made me like... I was like, what am I watching? Where when they go to resurrect Superman and in the theatrical cut a cyborg says that the cube has to drop and it has to be energized at the moment that it hits the water in order to like bring superman back to life which is always stupid i always hated that so the flash has to like run at the exact right moment to energize the cube and i was like that's dumb and then in the theatrical cut it's not like he doesn't have to energize it at the exact right moment the purpose of that scene in the theatrical Sorry, in the The Snyder Snyder Cut. cut. Fuck, so many fucking cuts. The the purpose (laughs) of that scene in the Snyder Cut is that the cube actually goes into the water, but we're setting up, like set up payoff, like storytelling, the Flash's ability to reverse time, and then we see it rise a little bit as he goes to touch it and then i was thinking about it like in justice league and i was like oh so the only reason in justice league that they he had to touch it exactly was because they had the footage of him touching it exactly but because they <laughs> cut out the time travel stuff they couldn't explain that it needed to like ride, like we actually fell in and came up to that level so it's just it's like it's shit like that where you're like oh this is so like cringe inducingly stupid
0: <laughs> yeah and, and it's even it's stupider after seeing the Snyder cut what it was supposed to be yeah like it's stupid when you're watching the theatrical cut the first time but then it's even more stupid when you like have all this context mm-hmm. this background context you're totally right but yeah I think my least favorite part of the theatrical cut is that butchering of cyborgs character because he was like he he was one of my favorite characters in the uh in the Snyder yeah. cut I'd say I don't he know about the you
2: guys of the film and he apparently He's the, he was the, yeah. always mm. meant to be
0: in the words of Zach yeah. himself. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: he's a through I line. Did I did mean, my research despite we, not watching the film. I didn't <laughs> want to pay for it, but I was like, I can Wikipedia stuff. <laughs> we, you
1: know, we talked a lot about obviously how, you know, this movie didn't have the right setup for each individual character the way like the Marvel movies did, yada, yada, yada. But talking about how this movie I think is good enough, I think something it does well is take a character like Cyborg that we didn't have setup for, but then, yeah, by making him kind of, like, the heart of the movie and the through line, we get enough character stuff with him that it actually kind of feels like, in a lot of places, a cyborg movie that all these characters yeah. are, like, coming into. And I think that works because, like, we have characterization for Batman, Wonder Woman, and uh, Superman. So then, you know, the only character that we're really, like, introducing, like, since Cyborg is the kind of the heart of this movie would be the Flash and Aquaman um but Aquaman but I was think, getting his movie anyway but aquaman was getting his movie yeah, yeah and i think also you know he's pretty straightforward he's aquaman he's just <laughs> like what do you need to know like yeah there's not a whole lot and they there. took out
0: in the snyder cut they took out all of his stupid stuff yes. so i liked him a lot better in the snyder cut too.
1: absolutely yeah i mean i think everyone comes out better in the snyder cut i i think you know i don't think there's a character that that doesn't uh even you know i guess even i'm
0: still not yeah i'm i'll just say i'm still not the biggest fan of ezra miller's flash I'm not and you said it was the direction i think he's just not right for it yeah um and there was actually a scene that i thought was really stupid in the snyder cut which is actually his first scene when he uh slows down time yeah and he grabs to like, the- like save that girl that's getting hit by the like and the hot dog truck or whatever
2: and then puts a hot dog and in there's his like pocket. hot dogs flying around so i thought that scene was so
0: dumb yeah. i
1: thought that scene was really dumb too uh yeah i don't love ezra miller's the flash i think a lot a big part of that has to do with the also, fact that we have... don't
2: love ezra miller he punched a woman
1: yeah he punched someone right yeah isn't he an <laughs> asshole yeah he <laughs> is he's also just annoying i've always thought he was annoying and then he punched someone and i was like yeah great obviously <laughs> of course he would what piece of shit uh you know i think a big reason why a lot of us don't love the flash is because one uh we've seen like speedsters in the, a lot of the marvel movies and like it's so hard to like develop a new way of showing that. I feel like so when you've seen like Quicksilver from the X Men movies, and it's like that's such like an iconic and wonderful way of like showing speedsters. That then like doing that in this movie, you're kind of like, ah, eh, you're not Quicksilver. Plus, Ezra Miller is just kind of weird. Plus, he's clearly just supposed to be Spider Man from Civil War. Like they didn't even try. Oh, it's yeah. like
0: he is just a
1: one for one Spider Man from Civil War
0: they're doing the tony stark peter
3: parker absolutely thing.
1: and then you know and i think the other thing on top of that is there's been a flash tv show that's been going on for like seven seasons now and it's like universally loved
0: holy shit is it seven, yeah, seven seasons, seasons. and like the first se- i mean wow.
1: i you know obviously it's a cw show so like as the later seasons have gone on it's got a little bit cringy but like the first season in particular is a really strong interpretation of the flash character and does such a good job of setting up his origin setting up his relationship with iris west who, by the way, the girl he saves in this movie is Iris West, which is, like, his once-and-future love. But, you know, we're never going to get that because we're never... She's never mentioned by yeah, name. Yeah, she's now. never mentioned by name, so no one would know, uh, which... Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think that's... You know, I still think The Flash comes off the worst. Like, I think Cyborg, if you are not a fan of Cyborg, you get everything you need to be a fan of Cyborg by the end of this mm-hmm. movie. I think same with or er, um, Aquaman. I think you get anything you need to to be a fan of his by the end of this movie, even though, again... Amber Heard is uh what's her name? Mara, yes. and she's apparently also a sketch in yeah. real life. yeah So like you can't win. But but Green <laughs> Goblin, he's that one guy, he's like his yeah, other friend. Yeah. And I was like, Ah the Green Goblin's here.
0: Um <laughs> nice to see him in a movie. I love again. seeing
1: him. Anywhere anytime he pops up. Yeah, but then I think the flash well, who is the one Green
2: Goblin. Um, um Willem Defoe. Yeah, he plays Oh, okay, love him.
0: In the original Spider Man.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Ra- oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. I thought Long you were referencing him as Green Goblin in this film, and you broke my brain. And I was like, wait, no, I just no, no, took no, no, a no, no, note no. on him. His name started with a V. Who? <laughs>
1: Volko. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I, I, do think Flash comes off the worst still, even in this cut. Even though he has like an arc and like he does his thing of running back in time, whatever.
0: And the time travel thing is really. Yeah,
1: cool. that's cool. But I, I think, um, like if you don't aren't a fan of the Flash, the scenes with his dad mean nothing to you and if you aren't a fan of the flash the scene with iris means nothing to you because her name's not even said so i I I, a name tag (laughs) yeah i think for me i think either we needed a flash movie still before this regardless of what cut you watch or i think the smarter thing if you're dc would have just been like hey let's just take the flash from the tv show like why are we like we literally have a tv show that has multiple seasons setting up this character and that everyone universally loves why can't he just also be the Flash in this movie? Like, like, why don't we just do the Marvel thing of, like, the TV crossing over with movies? Like, why not do that?
0: That could have been interesting. And with the tone of the Snyder Cut, it, like, that could have worked. Absolutely. That definitely could have worked.
1: And the other thing I was thinking, too, is, like, I remember when Batman vs Superman was coming out. That's around the time that Gotham was coming out. And I, I always had this idea in my head, like, that the TV shows would be the younger version of a lot of these characters. Like, the, so the TV shows would explain the flash's origin and gotham would explain this dc movie universe's young batman origin and that's why we were getting these characters that like were already just showing up and doing stuff because we would get like their like origins on tv which they didn't do but i think that just would have been a better way to go about the flash in particular who yeah i still i still think is a little bit underwritten and i still think ezra miller is just not right at all for the role yeah. i don't know why he was
0: because the Flash has a very juicy backstory and lore that you... Mm-hmm. Like, Cyborg and Aquaman, they worked because they're not... Like you said, they're more straightforward. Yes. But The Flash is a different case. Flash altogether. is very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Is he supposed to be super hyper, or was that just a choice? No. That was a okay. choice. Because <laughs> I know nothing about Barry Allen and what yeah. he's written as in comics or portrayed in any other universe. So I wasn't sure if this... Because it's is the thing. Even in the Snyder Cut, I know they took out a lot of the jokes... But even then the flash in general the whole tone shifted any time a word came out of his mouth and it was it felt so out of place like other than the time travel stuff which yes we've all acknowledged really cool but every time he talked i was like you i, I get it you like run fast so your brain works fast and you need to talk yeah. really quickly but it's not so that's right.
1: not yeah that's not <laughs> the thing at all so like yeah <laughs> like here's the thing i, I can give you a quick rundown down
2: snack of- hole
1: I can give you a quick rundown oh, on, my God. Right. On, uh, on Barry Allen. Just so you know, like, understand the difference. So, yeah. here's what is, like, true. That I guess this movie technically gets right. Is that, yes, the flesh technically, like, has a fast metabolism. And can, like, heal fast. And, like, needs to constantly eat. That's I would not call that, like, a defining character trait. Yeah. That is worthwhile having multiple <laughs> scenes in the movie dedicated to. But, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Um, and then, like Dan was saying with his backstory, like, the reason his dad is in jail is because when he was a kid like at one point he was like at home with his family and he just starts seeing these like red and yellow like blurs in his house and like his mom dies and he's like what and then the police show up and are like okay well like the dad was the only other adult in the house so we're going to arrest him but Barry's like no that's not what happened so the flash's origin is that his dad gets arrested and he's so like fed up with the criminal justice system that he becomes Like a forensic scientist and then like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah but here's the thing
0: at the end but the thing is
1: him being a forensic scientist is how he becomes the flash normally Uh, like because like while he's doing experiments and shit because i don't know he's just doing experiments he like accidentally turns himself into the flash but then it turns out in like later (laughs) stories that what he saw as a kid was actually his arch nemesis named reverse flash who wears a yellow costume And he went back in time to kill barry's mom and the flash also went back in time so like barry's origin is like a paradox of like
2: whoa that's fun. it is fun and then the (laughs)
1: other thing is there's this like really famous story that they're gonna do in the next flash movie apparently called flashpoint where the flash is kind of like man fuck this i want my mom to be alive so like he goes back in time to like double team with the other flash and stop the reverse flash from killing his mom but then by doing that it's like a whole butterfly effect thing where the entire dc universe is different so then he has to like fix that and actually like learn that he needs to let his mom die which is like really sad and then that like resets the universe in different ways which I, all this flash stuff is like really cool and it's all done on the tv show and yeah i guess in this movie he's just comedic relief and um yeah i was gonna
0: say the tv show did the flashpoint story didn't it
1: yeah and and you do you get that thing of like him saving his mom but then him going back and like having a moment where like the other version of himself that he like sees back in time is kind of like like no like you it's like the man of steel moment where the dad's like don't save me but it's not stupid yeah (laughs) because it's actually like it's really emotional where he's like wants to save his mom and the guy's like no you can't and then he like lets reverse flash like stab his mom or whatever but he doesn't save her but like he gets to like have a moment with her where he like like sits with her while she dies and is like hey look like this is me from the future and like i'm okay just so you know and it's like, anyway, there's like really cool storytelling stuff you can do with the Flash, and they don't do much of it in this. So I, I still think, between the two cuts, I, I noticed very little difference, and I think a lot of that has to do with, yeah, like Ezra, his performance. Um, yeah. He's just kind of like shitty, and I don't like it.
0: But yeah, uh, I didn't even think about, you brought up the fact that like him becoming a, a forensic scientist, like <laughs> at the end of the movie, yeah. like after his origin, that doesn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Cause it w- so, he was just randomly struck by lightning. Yeah. And, like, people have been struck by lightning <laughs> in, the, in, in history, and they don't turn into, like, a really fast <laughs> dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's also unfortunate because it does that thing where it takes away a lot of the, like, agency in him becoming a hero. Like, mm-hmm. because him, like, choosing to be a forensic scientist is what leads him to be a hero, but him choosing to be a forensic scientist is because of, like, his dad. But the whole reason... So the whole reason the paradox exists the whole reason the reverse flash goes back in time to kill his mom is because he like it's almost like a joker batman relationship like he wants the flash to exist to be able to battle the flash Mm. so like that's why that paradox exists so if you have him not choose to become a forensic scientist until after he's already the flash then what was even the point of the reverse flash killing his mom because it doesn't directly lead to his origin anymore like it just it's all kind of like weird And it's not really explained and if you are like someone like carol or someone who hasn't watched the flash tv show or whatever and you're just watching this movie you're like so his dad's in jail but like we don't like as an audience member watching either cut of this movie you are not presented with the information that his dad isn't a bad person do you know well, what i mean no, they, they, yeah, he, he says he... that
2: he was falsely accused for i get it
1: but like we're, we don't see that like so he could How just be you lying
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i mean do we why why do we
2: like if his son thinks that's the case i believe him
0: i don't know it just but it's also like we that whole we never get the flashback of seeing the weird circumstances of uh his mom's death and it, it just seems like a normal murder case yeah it's in this timeline. so
1: it's weird that he's obsessed with it like, when his dad is like, yeah. you have to let me go, normally that's, like, a thing of, like, dude, like, this is a weird sci-fi thing. Like, just let me be in jail. It's clearly supposed to be this way. But, yeah, in this movie, his dad's just like, go live your life. And he's like, what's a resume? I don't know. I got a resume in my pocket. And I'm like, ah, oh, shut. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like, Ezra Miller, shut up. I, oh
3: God.
0: Another thing I hated about the Flash that survived into the Snyder Cut was his, like, like cyberpunk lair where he has like oh. he's living in this trashy warehouse, but he has like thousands of dollars worth of yeah, uh, like electronics. He absolutely has his own some almost
2: mini Batcave.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically.
1: Can we talk about a bat cave thing for a second? Yeah, yeah.
2: like an actual bat cave thing.
1: Yeah, not the Ezra um, Miller Batcave. <laughs> no, not the Ezra Miller one. When he's
0: like, it looks like a cave. <laughs> yeah.
1: I do not understand the choice to have. 90 percent of the superhero stuff in this movie take place in a hangar bay and then like near the end of the movie have them go to the actual Batcave. i was like the Batcave is like one of the most iconic locations in dc comics why are they just chilling in this bruce wayne airplane plane hangar in like broad daylight plane. yeah but like okay then here's my next question why is the plane such an important subplot in this movie and here's my thing here's my thing okay so you want a transport vehicle for the justice league that they need to go in in the third act. Okay, cool. Fine. It's kind of a dumb inclusion, but whatever.
2: But also he has so, access to like private jets and helicopters, but I yeah, guess not but, good enough.
1: So but here's here's my
0: Can you imagine them arriving in like an executive <laughs> helicopter?
1: <laughs> here's my other thing though, is like so at the end of this move at the end of the Snyder Cut during the epilogue we like see shots of like wonder woman being wonder woman superman doing the superman thing and we get a shot of batman standing on this like giant bat tank um and that's like the bat tank from the dark knight returns which is like a really iconic thing and when they put that shot in there in the epilogue i was like why wasn't the thing that they were working on the giant bat tank like because that is like an actual thing from comics not just like a giant helicraft carrier but then i was like okay well they have to travel across the ocean maybe that's not why it was the bad tank so there are like the justice league does have like iconic like ships that they use in the comics to get places so why wasn't it like one of the iconic ships why was it literally just like a military helicarrier that they were working on in a hangar bay. Like I just it just seems like such a weird choice to me. Where I'm like this is a superhero movie and there's lots there's lots of parts in this movie that are very superhero-y and don't shy away from like DC comics. Like have them be working in the Batcave. Have them be working on a thing. If this was again, if this was a Marvel movie, the <laughs> thing that they would be working on to literally take them into the third act <laughs> would have been like some kind of cool thing from the comics not just a generic like carrier that cyborg is like oh like she wants to fly again and i'm like I, what are you talking like who cares like what why is this why do we have like six lines of dialogue about something that isn't anything like it
0: so you're saying it was like a missed opportunity absolutely. for a reference yeah
2: i mean fucking the,
0: the the old gods show up in this movie zeus
2: shows oh up gosh, in this movie that Gr- took me for a ride
1: aries dude and when they go to when they go to apocalypse granny goodness is there and decide and i'm like you are doing so much shit from the comics. Why is this just a generic, like, thing in a generic <laughs> hangar bay? Like, just it, it was just such a weird choice to me. I'm like, this is where you decided to pull back, Zach. I have after a reason three for why
2: it's so. What, Wonder Woman could make one offhanded comment about her the love of her life, who flew planes in the military, uh, and how much yeah, he would I... love to fly <laughs> that ship.
1: But I mean, even yeah, I guess i guess
2: it was a big plot in wonder woman 1984 was that the year 84
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah so you know she loves all right planes
1: <laughs> well like okay why didn't they take like the invisible jet like that's a wonder woman thing that could have been brought into this movie i don't know it's just just anything anything other than just something it would have been cool to see the invisible, like images. literally just something from comics and, and like all the rest of this movie is a lot of shit from comics a lot of times in places where it doesn't need to be so i was like well this is one place you could have done it but you didn't anyway
0: i see what you're saying i wasn't personally i wasn't as hung up on no plain thing i mean
1: it doesn't fun. like no
0: listen it doesn't take you out of the movie
1: it's not like a bad choice it it's just right a, out honestly it's just it's just a weird choice for Zack snyder because see, there is no restraint anywhere else in the snyder cut like it is so in your face dc comics that i was like to have this not be that is such a weird choice to me
2: so are we now over talking about the 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 justice league i keep forgetting the name of it just yeah, how I much think, i love it justice league. <laughs>
0: think? i think we're like from here we can talk about this like an yeah. amalgamation of yeah. like comparison we can it, we're not really like like strictly in the the theatrical cut just checking yeah. it. So it was a different of page talk.
2: of notes on my on my note app oh yeah, i, see. I mean, we can talk yeah
0: well, I mean, yep. what I was going to say is, like, we should talk about Steppenwolf. Yeah, first. I was going to say, too. And comparing him in both. Because yeah. Yeah. he went through a major overhaul, I think. Because Darkseid uh, wasn't like, in I, the
2: theatrical cut, I saw. No. At all? Yeah, no. that's insane. Yeah.
0: Because it was originally going to be, like, this was going to be, the theatrical was going to be a part one-ish, like Infinity War, sort of. And then part two, I think, is when we would have first seen Darkseid. Yes, and now apparently the Snyder Cut is still like a part one, of but three. in this part one we yeah apparently yeah. it's like its own little sub trilogy. Um, but we, yeah, so we see Dark Side for the first time in this one. Um, now personally, I didn't think much of Dark Side, and I don't like. I think his appearance was supposed to be Thanos's end credit appearance in Avengers. Like yeah. it's not supposed to be much now, exactly. and that's fine because Steppenwolf is the actual like villain of this movie. Um, And on the topic of Steppenwolf Oh my god Like he wasn't I wouldn't call him anything special Like historically for like comic book villains But compared to The nothingness that he got in the theatrical edition um, Yeah I, I enjoyed him a lot better A lot more in, in Snyder Cut
1: Yeah I agree uh, Like you said I, I totally agree I think Darkseid in this movie is more just to set up the idea of Darkseid So that way when he shows up and wrecks shit In the other in his originally planned sequels that we have some context for him mm-hmm. um but i i do i love steppenwolf way more in this movie because he like is there for a reason and has like <laughs> like weird like not weird in like a he has a girl. yeah not in, like a bad way but like just like i was like huh oh, this is like an interesting character arc for a villain in a movie because He's basically just being like shit on by the other villains into doing villain things, which I like. I kind of appreciated. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, there's like one scene in particular that, and it's become a meme on the internet and I'm so happy. I was like, this. I can't be the only one who noticed this. But when he's talking to Desad and he's like, hey man, um, so, you know, I, I, I got the mother boxes and looks like we're in good shape. You guys are gonna be able to take over Earth soon. So I was just wondering, like, when that happens, do you think maybe I could potentially talk to Darkseid and come home? <laughs> and then they, it, like, cuts to Desad and Desad is like, you still have 50,000 more worlds. And then it cuts back to Steppenwolf, and he just goes... He's just making, like, a little puppy eye face. He's like... That's a like, lot of
2: worlds, to be he's,
1: fair. He's, like, it was, like, it's so funny, but it's also, like, so sad. And it is decent enough character motivation for him where i was like okay i find like he's at some point he screwed up and now he's being tasked with just going to fucking worlds for the rest of his life and doing this thing and yeah i thought it was interesting and you know kept me going through the movie if we're gonna talk about uh i guess like the villain stuff something i want to touch on is actually one of my like it's kind of one of my favorite parts in the movie and i say kind of because there's lots of like execution within it that i don't like but i like the idea of it which is the whole like the age of heroes flashback of dark side mm-hmm. showing up to like try to take over earth because and this is what i was alluding to earlier when snyder was talking about recently in an interview with like his whole inspiration with the dc universe and he was like look i love the marvel movies and i think they're great movies and when i came in to pitch for dc i was like we can't do that because they're already doing that and have done it and it would be silly to try to do that and so his interpretation was we have so many characters that are like godlike i'd like to do something that's way more like an epic that's focused on like the more god fantasy elements and then you can have characters like batman that are like a backdrop against that um and that really stuck out to me on this rewatch because that whole age of Heroes scene felt like something out of lord of the rings and like and i mean like in a good way and i really dug it because i love the idea of like earth having these different armies of protectors of like the atlanteans and the amazonians and then the the guys from like just men i guess like earthlings and they have to like team up to fight dark side and now dark side is coming back and this is why we have to put a new team together like it felt like fellowship of the ring a little bit
2: lanterns
0: it was like the
1: intro Did yeah that right
2: were there lanterns? yes
1: there was a green lantern and okay. so but here's my thing though is that i really like that i think it it's cool villain motivation it reminds me a lot of sauron in lord of the rings it's cool hero motivation because in the theatrical cut of justice league batman's just basically putting the team together because Well,
2: because it starts know. with him yeah. knowing about the impending attack
1: yeah, As and opposed he's just to here, like he
2: finds out after he already tries to get Aquaman on the team for no reason, just to, you know, settle sure, this debt he yes, has for Superman. Superman.
1: But it like I understood the the whole idea of the team. Now, if I'm gonna come up with one complaint, not just one. We'll talk about something later when we get into like hard this isn't a hard criticism. Yeah. This yeah. is just like a this is a me like with the ship and the hanger criticism of like, I wish you did this a little <laughs> bit differently. Um kind of like how lord of the rings the team that they end up forming the fellowship has like a member from each group i wish that in this flashback we kind of made explicit that there are like amazonians and atlanteans and humans but also that maybe like at that time the like race of martians were like on earth and helping to fight and then also maybe remember how there's like that kryptonian scout ship that like was at earth like thousands of years before, oh, yeah. and there was also maybe some kryptonians that were on earth and super powered and then that would have been neat to me oh and yeah green lanterns because then for me this movie could have been like exactly like fellowship of cool so we need like we have our amazonian and we have a representative from the a- atlantis and then like martian manhunter showing up kind of makes more sense because they're like oh like he was like the delegate of like the martian people and then they this whole thing of like we need to bring superman back i think would even have a little bit more weight because again like you're trying to put together the same group of people that like fought against dark side originally personally i thought that would have been kind of cool i still like how it is in the movie but i kind of would have liked it to be a, like a bit more lord of the rings like because it's already it's already like 50 percent lord of the rings <laughs> and you
0: know what would have been cool too and I, I thought this is what you're gonna like where you're going with it is like it could have been, like, Watchmen, where there was an a pre-Watchmen team, yeah. the Minutemen. Yeah. And we could have had, like, a proto-Justice League of, like, an Amazonian, like, a representative of each, and that could have, like, inspired yes. the formation of kind the of Justice like, League. Kind of like
1: the Justice Society of America. Like, that's a thing in the comics, is that there's, like... Oh, is it? Yeah, there's, like, that. this thing called, like, the Justice Society, which was, like, like in olden times. So, basically... <sighs> i don't even do i want to explain it in in old comics in like old comics from like the 40s and 50s Say
2: though, in olden
1: times earlier in old comics in okay. old comics he no he did say that okay. um there was um there was this team called the justice society of characters but then in like the 80s when they had like the justice league and dc hadn't decided like do those comics from the 40s and 50s like take place before our co-? like how does the continuity between this work um they had this event called crisis that like kind of reset everything and it turns out the justice society took place on like a different earth basically but it would be that idea i think of like what dan's saying where in that flashback if we saw yeah like a proto justice league that was made up of certain delegates and then like in modern times bruce is trying to assemble those kind of same delegates to form together to battle dark side i think that would have gone like full lord of the rings instead of like almost lord of the rings but we're kind of still holding back um because i i like that scene otherwise i think it's a cool part of the movie yeah so. it's fun yeah
0: and you're right it, it also reminded me of uh Kate blanchett's like narration introduction of fellowship yeah. of the Ring where you're seeing like the uh the elrond and like sauron bat like the elves and the men working together exactly. it's like yeah Okay, this is really random, but I
2: do have a note about that particular scene that says, Diana's delivery when she lists all the groups who fought Darkseid in the past reminds me of when the teacher made us read things aloud in class that we hadn't seen before, because after every point, it seemed like she thought the list would be over, (laughs) because she just read it with a really weird (laughs) intonation and pause after each one. I know it's the most nitpicky thing, but this is my version of Marco's uh airplane rant
3: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> to be fair her entire voiceover in the scene i think yeah. was recorded at some point long after the movie <laughs> uh i think they maybe rewrote it and had her come in for reshoots or something i don't know it seems like she was like checked out doing this voiceover i, I don't know what it was i i don't i don't know but it, yeah i was kind of i was just kind of like and I
2: Atlanteans. She
1: yeah <laughs> i was like maybe she can just stop Talking. maybe we can just like see the thing happen i don't need all this vo- like I, I i did have lord of the rings vibes but i was like it's not delivered great so maybe we can just like see yeah it. it
2: did look cool and the <laughs> idea is cool although yeah. definitely Ares and zeus because she just casually Oof. that came up and i was like yeah. oh yeah no for sure gods yeah i guess like we have aliens and stuff but yeah it was so I <laughs> random
1: i mean that's what the whole like amazonian culture is based on but yeah it was funny yeah. to like see them
0: there <laughs> Like, that wasn't as jarring to me, though, because, like, if you go over to the MCU, like, Thor is a character based off of, like, a religion. I guess, but in this, they were daily. literally
2: just, like, giant people. Like, they, they were yeah. extra large. <laughs> Thor, at were least, they? is normal human size. I didn't even size. realize that.
1: <laughs> I think they were supposed to be, like, extra large, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't catch that, then. I didn't catch the scaling of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that's uh, that's something we'll talk about later when I talk about Zack Snyder's <laughs> visual... Uh, the style because i got some uh, i have some thoughts and gripes (laughs) and uh about zach Zach zachy boy um something i want to touch on if if we're kind of talking about like the villains and steppenwolf in general is how unproved i think the ending of this movie is Mm -hmm. um yeah because well it's it's related to steppenwolf but you know one of the biggest problems i remember dan and i talking about with the justice league is that superman shows up and then there's nothing for the rest of the league to do and he just (laughs) single-handedly saves the day by himself and then the movie ends (laughs) and i really appreciate in this that superman showing up felt like it felt like like here's the thing there was enough going on in the plot of like dark side trying to open this portal to get to earth and whatnot that everyone was doing something and it just kind of felt like they were failing because none of them could really like outmatch steppenwolf so then when superman shows up it feels more like the addition that the team was missing for him to be this physical presence to like fuck up steppenwolf which he does and is awesome but i never i didn't feel like oh superman just saved the day like superman wasn't an
0: automatic win
1: no he came and he did
2: an axe to pieces I had a note about that. Did that really happen, or did he froze it? Up? He has like it, yeah. Oh, okay, that yeah. makes so much it. more sense. Which
1: was cool. <laughs> cool use of his powers. This play played some cool use of his powers because yeah. he stops the thing. Also, okay, I do have to say though, both neither of these movies have a good introduction to Superman in the fight. They're both really bad. Well, it's in the Justice same One
2: or, Oh in No the Final no.
1: Fight. No, no 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 In Justice League, yeah. he shows up and he I says, "I." You meant
2: I- in the fight where he fights the justice league oh no no no! no,
1: sorry sorry that fight's great we'll talk about that but when and the final fight when superman shows up in a superman costume in justice league he has the line i'm a big fan of truth no i'm a big (laughs) fan of truth i'm something about truth and justice i don't know i don't even know yeah it's really cheesy i'm a fan of truth i'm also a big fan of justice and then he like just punches him in the face and you're like okay
0: and like we okay full disclaimer we've talked about how that tone like that we like we want that from superman sort of but it's just like henry Cavill's horrible <laughs> delivery of that one. <laughs> i laugh I every time
1: and also like i think the big the biggest problem is because none of the rest of the universe is that tone that when he does it you're like i'm sorry what what did you just say <laughs> like this dude that's not and is like his cgi yeah. lip oh.
0: and it's like all of it working together so
1: weird but then in this movie, I was like, I was so excited to see what the actual line is. And in this movie, he just drops down and says, not impressed. And I was like Yeah. I was like, how the hell? Like still not I was great. like, Zach, you were given 70 million dollars to do any reshoots you needed to for the Snyder cut. You you couldn't like come up with one better one liner than that to put in that scene. Not nothing. There was nothing you could think of. I was like, ugh, like what
0: It was I mean that was better for me though like that wasn't yeah it wasn't, hard it, it to
1: wasn't be as that. yeah i mean it was better good point but it, <laughs> good yeah point. i still was just kind of like i want superman to do something say something cool like just say
0: yeah I get it.
1: Like, what was he not impressed about? Like, that's the thing. It's like, I don't understand. Like, like what? Like, what? It would, like, it's not like, like I, you know, I have to say, like, the, the truth justice line is lame. But at least, like, Steppenwolf said something like, now you will, like, find out the He's truth. And then Superman <laughs> is like, oh, I'm a big fan of truth. I'm also a fan of justice. In this, nothing, Cyborg is just trying to disconnect the thing. And Steppenwolf is like, ah. And then Superman <laughs> just goes, not impressed. And I was like... <laughs> Was there a line cut somewhere about someone being impressed about something? Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand it.
0: Fair point, fair point. But beyond that, the scene after that continues to be pretty cool yes. and much better than <laughs> what we get in the theatrical. Yeah. He, like, doesn't he, like, chop off one of Steppenwolf's, what would you call those, like, antlers? Yeah, he uses his heat vision. It's him that does it, right? Yeah. Yeah oh yeah that's right that's right it's cool
1: and right. that's what i'm saying cool use of his powers he uses his like freeze breath he flies around punches him and then like pins him down and uses his heat vision to do the thing and i was like yeah okay this is but again like he didn't save the day like he beat steppenwolf but ultimately cyborg still had to do his thing and you yeah. know and then wonder woman beheads wonder him woman in gets front of behe- all the other yeah. characters batman honestly wasn't doing much but that's always the problem with batman well, in just justice league the
2: parademons yeah in the beginning. yeah
0: he saved Flash.
1: Yeah, true. Um, and yeah, and then Flash gets to have his little hero moment to save the day. Although I don't know who he was talking to when he was doing his little run. I don't know why he was talking <laughs> to his dad. I was very confused by that because his dad can't hear him. So maybe I was like- Maybe
2: he thought it would reach him somehow, someday. Maybe he's spiritual. Maybe he yeah. thought he could hear it in his mind. Who knows?
1: That's another thing where I was like, maybe this should have just been in silence. Maybe we should have just heard some m- cool music
2: personally
0: because I think, because that I think he was fine. yeah he probably thought he was gonna die so he's just like being retrospective
1: so
2: also the music the the score was by two entirely different people for theatrical versus the snyder cast. i'm glad
1: you brought this up i have yeah. a lot of music facts that i want to talk about i
2: have a general comment that i hated almost every song that snyder put in this film
3: yes <laughs> Oh <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that
2: That is yeah. the one he is a thing horrible taste. where i was like okay in general movie fine vision fine i get it but just every time there was a song and if you like listen to the lyrics they were like too cheesily on point and i was like what and the what performances <laughs>
0: I'm like he chose covers like with horrible yes. performances i will stand by that the music choices in this movie
3: are
2: yeah, that is bad. one thing where you you had that much money to play around with and you still chose what you chose okay
1: i absolutely agree and uh i also think so yeah so this it's scored by two different people the theatrical cut they brought in danny elfman to score mm-hmm. it who you know composer supreme he did uh all the music for nightmare before christmas he did the sam raimi spider-man theme he did the batman 1989 theme uh yeah and in that movie they for some reason used the batman 1989 theme and they also use the chris reeve superman theme and i i love those like i think those are still my favorite like uh themes for those characters but it was weird because i was like why am i like this is weird like when superman shows up and it's a chris reeves theme i was like this is not this superman though like this is a weird music choice and same with batman now one positive i have to say because i i also agree in the Zack snyder cut all the actual like songs are horrendously (laughs) chosen
0: uh let's put a pin in that not the score like
1: yeah i want to talk about the score but we need to put in the pin in the songs because there is something in particular i need to talk to you guys about i'm i I really need to talk to you guys
0: i'm excited okay
1: um (laughs) i liked the here's what i'll say i like the music used to man of steel and there are two there's mm, one yeah. when they're kind of talking around they're talking about the mother boxes and they're like look like the mother box is a change machine like a match anything can like you know a match can burn down a house but like a mother box could like whatever st- I, I forget the metaphor who cares
0: it can rebuild the house from the yeah. ashes
1: and they all kind of go oh do you think what i'm thinking and then there's like a like a holographic projection of superman and then they they play like they have the man of steel like music cue while they're all kind of like yeah we got to bring superman back and i legitimately i don't know why but i kind of had like a oh fuck let's go moment where i was like wait a minute (laughs) i was like wait wait no no i was like you can't do this marco like this is not (laughs) it's still not great but it like tricked me into being excited for some reason that they were going to bring superman back even though you knew
2: they were going to bring (laughs) superman Well, i knew saw but it, the movie. like
0: it helped with the drastic like in yeah. the theatrical it was so drastic when they cut to digging up his yeah. grave <laughs> and that happens in the snyder cut but it's so much more like i'm behind it so much more in the snyder cut because of their decision absolutely process.
1: absolutely um and then the other one is when superman shows up and after he delivers the god awful not impressed and then starts beating up steppenwolf they play the superman's first flight music from man of steel
2: yeah which got
1: me really hyped to like hear that again but to hear that in an action context because i that was probably my favorite piece of music from man of steel and also like in man of steel obviously that's his first time being superman and then in this movie it's his like rebirth as superman we don't actually get it like when he when we get the direct imagery to man of steel where he flies for the first time which I was like, that's tasteful. I was fully expecting that music to show up there and I was kind of glad that it didn't. I was like, okay, that's kind of tasteful. But then they play it when Superman's beating up Steppenwolf and I was was happy about that. That being said, I think the rest of the score in this movie is god-awful. I think there is not one piece of music in this movie that feels iconic to any character. I don't know what Cyborg's theme is. I don't know what the Flash's theme is.
2: I really like Wonder Woman's music. I will interject. I was going to say sure, uh,
0: but also there's a couple yeah. instances for Wonder Woman's Wonder music score, yeah. was
1: established earlier. Except for now, they've they added this were weird
2: Supermans. like. Yeah,
1: no, the, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wonder Woman's is good, but um, it just sucked. And like, none of the individual characters really had a theme. And then the Justice League didn't like have a theme, and that kind of sucks. And it sucks especially because in the DC animated Justice League universe the theme song for that show is like this really iconic piece of music like this really awesome like score that everyone just kind of universally agrees like wow this is an awesome justice league score and the intro to that show starts with like the sun rising and you see like silhouetted the justice league members like walking towards the camera like like, while the music yeah Oh my god, like Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Listen to our QA episode. But yeah. I, I don't I don't world. mind it. I don't mind it in this. Um But um and this music starts to play and then you get like an introduction with all of them. And it's a really cool piece of music and I you know there's the scene in this movie at the end where the whole league is just standing, like, in a line yeah. on top of the building, and I was like, guys, like you couldn't have even used he used a justice just use that just use that cue from that like i was thinking about <laughs> you know i was thinking about the mcu spider-man like spider-man homecoming and i was so down on like spider-man reboots at this point i was like i'm i'm done and then also i mean he was fine in civil war but i was like i don't know if i need like individual spider-man movies anymore but then like the first thing you get in that movie is the 1960s spider-man theme but like redone with like an orchestral orchestra over the marvel logo and immediately i was like okay cool i'm in thank you like that was just it's just one of those things where it's like it goes such a long way of just just this little musical thing and even if none of the characters in this movie had iconic themes like you could have just used that justice league music in that moment when the justice league is finally the justice league and i would have like it would have gone such a long way for me to forgiving the score in this movie which is so bland, otherwise
0: and to make another comparison to marvel like the avengers theme is so I iconic know. at this yeah. point like you really need that for the test.
1: absolutely theme, right? dude it's like the, the team has finally got together and i don't i couldn't even hum to you what the the score is playing in that scene because it's nothing it's it's just like generic movie score i i don't know it was so it's such a wasted opportunity now the thing that i wanted to put a pin in that we have to talk about because i was shocked i was actually shocked when i was watching the movie is bruce wayne goes to visit aquaman they have a conversation aquaman leaves takes his shirt off gets into the water
2: takes his sweater off
1: takes his sweater off and then 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 a bunch of female people from this town (laughs) are standing there and one of them starts singing a little folk song and i was like okay we're probably gonna cut away and then someone behind her starts harmonizing and I was like oh no not
2: cutting away.
1: <laughs> and then we proceed to listen to like an entire three minutes of a folk song in another language while the first girl that started singing grabs Aquaman's sweater and starts smelling it mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne just kind of stands there and you know that was a choice that this movie made
2: I think it's because it's set in Iceland and they are already, like, so into fairies. I don't want to, like, shit on their lore or anything. I love (laughs) that for them. But, you know, they already believe in fairies. Now they have this godlike creature coming out of the ocean to literally save them all the time and make sure they have enough to eat and whatever. That if they build houses for fairies all over, they're gonna sing folk songs for this man while smelling his sweater
1: sure sure no that's fine
2: super unnecessary in this film like i i that's what i'm saying is maybe the thought i still think was it needed in this four-hour film no definitely not
1: yeah i mean i think dan kind of touched on this before about this being like zach's his like uh, vision of justice league i think something important to point out though is that had the tragedy not happened had zach gotten the opportunity to finish this movie i don't think this is the actual final cut of the movie that we would have seen i think this is the director's cut of whatever the actual Zack snyder's justice league would have come out in 2017 well, because yeah. i cannot imagine like there are so many scenes in this movie that go on for just too long where i'm like we're seeing all the footage that you shot here like point in case the scene starts with you know the movie starts with superman's death and then superman's yell that awakens the mother boxes and my god do we see this yell i mean it goes on for like minutes of just this yell going through i really like that scene i don't mind the scene but again it's just like i'm like if if this was like edited to be an actual theatrically released movie we would have like gone a bit quicker between the different locations like or, or with the singing scene or even with flash saving iris and like how long he stands there and he's fucking moving the hot dog and i'm like oh my like like there's so many times where i'm like zach i know this is like you get to do whatever the fuck you want but a little bit just a little bit of restraint ign compiled an article of the total runtime of slow movie slow mo in this movie do you want to know how much it was
2: like two hours
1: no i mean it was it was half an hour it, there was actually a half hour slow motion in this movie like this movie could have been three and a half hours instead of four if you just remove the slow motion
0: <laughs> that is that's a point that I wanted to bring up like specifically yeah. I totally agree with the slow motion um, in a 4 hour movie like yeah it, you can take out anything to make it shorter like the slow motion would be the first thing um, in terms of like the extended shots that, like the points that both of you made you make like really good points but my argument and I'm going to throw it back to our very first episode oh Okay. Lord of the Rings, extended editions. Yeah. <laughs> this, for me, n- this might just be my opinion. It was very much like that, where it's like there's the theatrical versions, but the extended editions basically, ex- like, each scene is, like, expanded a little bit. And I am I was okay with the movie taking its time on things. I Like, I'll agree there's a couple scenes where maybe it just objectively goes on for way longer than we need to see like with that singing scene yeah they could have cut away for sure um but in general and carolina mentioned this at the beginning like pacing generally wasn't really an issue maybe a little bit in the middle but like it didn't feel necessarily like four hours and that's always a good sign when your movie doesn't feel its runtime that's always like that's great that's what you want to strive for and um much like the extended editions of the lord of the rings movies those to me never feel like four hours, four and a half hours, and uh, yeah, th- this it was this movie was, in terms of its runtime, it was easy, to ingest for me, despite a lot of you know expanded scenes like we're, like we've been talking about yeah
1: i think that's fair i think i think the one that really stands out to me most is just that singing scene because i was like that singing. i was like scene. Like, <laughs> like when she started harmonizing i was like oh my god like what are we doing here is this a concert but i i yeah like in general i think i am fine with him taking his time with scenes and stuff i mean he has the opportunity to do it why not like why why leave anything out at this point if it helps build to what he's got to build to and when... you're right i don't i didn't like when this movie got to the epilogue i was like oh shit like we're done (laughs) like it didn't feel like i really thought i was gonna have to watch this in multiple chunks and i didn't for the most part other than to like grab food at one point but
0: and we will talk about the epilogues (laughs) like on its own oh we will yeah um but first next i want to segue into the chapters okay yes okay and i know marco specifically has something to say about that um but like okay on the on the topic of this movie okay for anyone who doesn't know this movie is split into six chapters and an epilogue right that's or is it intro six, parts, six chapters epilogue. six parts epilogue okay i very much appreciate that stylistic decision i like i like that a lot it's because they were gonna My release it six, that,
2: like episodes kind of yes at one point that was okay flown around
0: that bridges into what i was gonna yeah. say where it was like Like I said, appreciate the stylistic decision, but the chapters themselves, not the chapter titles, the actual chapters don't seem to warrant the thematic division. Like, There's no thematic differences between chapters. I feel like it's just like, let's put a chapter title here because like, maybe they want to take a break and go get a snack or something. But the thing is, when you release your movie on streaming, you can pause it literally wherever you want. And also, I was going to suggest, why not, if you're going to do streaming make it a mini-series. And then, Carolina, you just said, that was news to me. It was originally supposed to be a mini-series. I think that would have been better than just, you know, pointlessly dividing your four-hour movie into chapters. That was also
2: my thing. I thought for sure that the purpose of dividing it into chapters would be to kind of introduce one member of the justice league in each chapter because mm-hmm. in the first one you only really saw aquaman so i was like okay that makes sense and then they yeah, didn't really, like, do that at all yeah that's
3: fine yeah yeah i, think I didn't it know was... there
2: were six chapters going into it in my defense i was just like maybe this is just how it split up and i it think wasn't. it
1: was um like carol saying just a holdover from they were originally gonna put it on streaming
0: And those probably would have been the episode yeah i
1: believe so um i i have to say like i didn't mind yeah the chapter breaks but i'm with you dan like after the first couple i was like what why are we doing this like it doesn't really change anything especially like in particular like the age of heroes ones really stood out to me because the title card comes up like age of heroes and then we don't get the age of heroes thing until the end of the chapter like the last thing we see in that chapter is the flashback and then Wonder Roman saying the Age of Heroes has to come again and then we go to the next chapter.
0: It's like the titles could have been placed like anywhere and just this kind of vaguely <laughs> exactly. dropped Exactly. Like and that. then
1: another, this is such a Marco nitpick, but another thing that kind of made me annoyed is that they, I really feel as though, and I'm sure that the movie was made first and then they pulled the chapter cards after, but like every title card is like a line of dialogue from the movie and that for some reason made me irrationally angry in particular the one all Wait, the king's they're horses. they are all lines
2: of dialogue from the movie
1: i'm pretty sure like well i, I know so, age yeah. of heroes is but the
0: one that made me like and don't count on it Batman. don't count
1: on it batman <laughs> that one is the one that made me really angry was all the king's horses because that chapter starts and bruce is talking to alfred about how like they need to bring superman back and alfred says well, all the king's horses and all the king's men, and then Bruce is just like, shut up, like, whatever. I don't know what he says. But that's, like, that really stood out to me, where I was like, like, what is, like, why?
0: It feels like they wrote the line of dialogue for
3: the chapter. Yes,
1: I was like, you don't need to have the chapter title in a line of dialogue. I I get the reference. I get the Humpty Dumpty reference. I get that this is the chapter about bringing Superman back from the dead. But, like, to have Alfred actually start saying that, to me, I was like, "That is."
0: That might have been a reshoot. Like a have
1: got <laughs> think it. I think it was. It has to have been right. It felt so out of place to me, where I specifically made a note about it, and I was like, "Why would he say that? No one would ever say that. You would just say this is a bad idea. <laughs> like, why would you say all the King's horses and all the King's Like, why would Alfred say that to sixty-year-old Bruce Wayne alcoholic <laughs> who is like,
2: okay, he's not just sixty. Wants to
1: die. I, yeah, I know." But you like, know what
0: I He's mean. 50. He's 50. He's 50. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Alfred was 10 when he started looking yes, after uh,
1: Yeah. <laughs> this Alfred was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also the title cards, like Dan's pointed out. I mean, also, like, we haven't even talked about it, but, like, the aspect ratio in this movie is 4-3 because... To mm-hmm. preserve Another Zach thing that I appreciated stylistically. I'm very confused about this.
0: Now, I realize... I realize, like, it wasn't originally 4-3 and it kind of screws up a little bit of the framing. But to see... Like a major release like this, purposely chosen to be like, I want to make this four four by three because it, like, it 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 calls upon like you know old TV. I think so. I I think and I that's something that I kind of I liked. If we had HBO like-
2: Max, we could also watch it in black and white. Yeah, because that's originally how he screened it to people before he knew he was gonna be able to actually make it.
3: Huh.
1: Yeah, it's so- on there now in black and white, so you can watch it. Um. yeah the other thing Dan was referring to about my one specific point because believe it or not the All the King's Horses wasn't my one specific point even though that seemed like it should be <laughs> no because that's such a specific point I mean it's that is the
2: point you said so I did assume it was yeah, the point you no, were referring it's
1: just, to it's just the Frasier it's just the Frasier thing I mean this thing yeah. has chapter breaks and it's in 4-3 and it just reminded me a lot of Fraser, except not always the quality but you know um. yeah I just could not help but like think about fraser especially like i went and watched fraser after and that's when i was like oh my god (laughs) like this is literally like fraser i can't believe that they did it like this but yeah ultimately i have to say like whether it's the chapter breaks or the aspect ratio i'm with you dan like i think it's a his stylistic choice and it never took me out of the movie in a bad way
0: so no whatever like if you except for that one alfred line
1: except for that one alfred run but other than that i was like (laughs) you know what if this makes you happy zach more power to you i'm glad you get to make your movie the way you want to make it so
0: yeah yeah do you want to talk about that epilogue now
2: oh boy okay okay, first of all before we get into anything i'm so happy that you mentioned martian manhunter in the last episode yeah and this isn't like this is about the epilogue but also about a scene earlier when the martian manhunter visits lois as martha Mm because if you didn't tell me when martha walked quote I put quotes it's I know you can't see them um, when, when Martha walks out of the apartment building and her eyes turn red and she turns into this robot person with a cape my He's notes are just like all caps like hold on what just happened and then I was yeah. like okay this is the Martian Manhunter thing Marco mentioned but if you didn't that would have messed with my brain so much so I was like wait is Martha evil is Martha dead so confusing
0: yeah but you're right marco is the military yep. uh Captain general swan or whatever general yep, yep. yeah whether or not that was a a post bvs decision or pre we'll if you know. ask
1: me dan i'm gonna say it's a post previous decision <laughs>
0: yeah i would say
1: <laughs>
2: Okay, too. But sorry, now it, into the actual listen,
0: we're gonna get into it
2: sorry for a de- yeah, yeah we're gonna I get
0: guess. into it with this epilogue. yeah well but that was very much
2: shoehorned ooh,
1: in. very much and uh I think especially the epilogue scene more than the other one so the other one yeah felt fine kind of if you knew who martian manhunter was if you didn't actually yeah sorry
0: to interrupt but it almost feels like the end the epilogue scene was filmed first and then they went back and added the other one in for like setup it's funny you say that it's actually the other way around oh is
1: that yeah i i I have some facts about the epilogue actually that i'm going to share with you guys it's it's pretty funny um but yeah so uh, let's just let's talk about the the first scene more so the first scene yeah martian manhunter as martha something i did appreciate i have to say is that i like that diane lane was doing like a really thick southern accent i don't know if you guys paid like notice but she doesn't actually sound like how martha sounds she sounds way more southern and i was kind of like oh is she just did she just forget like (laughs) been too long (laughs) yeah she just does she does she not care anymore because i wouldn't blame her i'd be like she's talking to amy adams who doesn't care anymore and yeah whatever but then when it was revealed to be martian manhunter i was like oh okay that's cool kind of like if you're me and know who that is then yeah that's cool that like he was masquerading as this person didn't quite get the accent right i don't know why lois didn't notice that the accent was off i don't know why lois was like hey why don't you sound like you do
2: She was in such grief that she wasn't even going to work. I don't blame her. (laughs) I guess. I guess. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Guys, something else we have to talk about before we get to the epilogue. You know the guy that is in, like, ten scenes in this movie that Lois brings coffee to? The cop?
2: The cop. freaking bringing coffee to cops. Come on, Lois. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. That guy, that actor, is the actor that played Jimmy Olsen in Superman 1978. Which means... Oh, seriously? Zack Snyder, I think felt so bad about ruining jimmy olsen and Whoa. batman vs superman that he was like "Ah, uh, shit i should probably do something here for uh superman fans because i kind of i think i kind of pissed a lot of them off so yeah, yeah that that's up, cool yeah that made me happy i was like uh nice to see him there nice to see zach acknowledging this character okay so let's get to the epilogue so here are my facts for the epilogue so if you couldn't tell which i'm sure you could tell <laughs> the entire epilogue was reshot when yeah. zach was given his 70 million to do
0: to finish yeah it's probably where most of the <laughs> yeah. reasons in october went. Um,
2: 2020
1: yes uh here are some That's here are some easy ago. ways to figure that out first of all ben affleck looks about 40 pounds thinner <laughs> because he lost all his batman weight and has lost a lot of weight and just looks pretty healthy
0: oh you mean in the martian Man yeah Hunter in the martian Manhunter
1: Man scene. scene uh in that scene this is the point i wanted to make they didn't know who he was going to be talking to so they just filmed ben affleck's side of the scene <laughs> uh because zach
0: <laughs> was it going to be green zach lantern really wanted
1: it to be a green lantern <gasps> and wb was like no and zach was like why not and they were like no and they fought about it and then zach was like fuck it i guess I we'll i think just that have actually would have been
2: good because yeah. they actually brought up green lantern but that's
0: See, that doesn't make
2: sense because then to me. Cuz why was Marshamihan Manhunter at the
1: beginning of the movie? Well,
2: yeah. That yeah, they exactly. could have taken out. You could have just not explained the heavy southern accent if, and then just yes. not had a transforming scene in the hallway.
0: It just doesn't make sense that that was shot then before yeah. that and that epilogue part. I would have thought the other way around.
3: Yeah,
1: it's
0: interesting. Um
2: I
1: I I'm kind of flabbergasted by that as well. But that was that. And then the other main epilogue thing that we have to talk about is
0: the 20 minute
1: scene
2: character
1: (laughs) um yeah so we of course have another flash forward to the apocalypse timeline that we're never gonna see unfortunately and i i get now knowing now that zach had this like five movie thing in his head and like how like like i think if i think if we had seen everything like these seeds would have been you know would have made sense and been fun. But, like, now I still don't think
2: we needed to see any of it in Batman vs. Superman. Not in no. Batman vs. Superman. No,
1: no, no, no. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I no,
0: also no. don't think it belongs in this,
2: I, to
1: be
0: honest. It's so. Well, so of here's place. what I'll
1: say. You I didn't like it the in trilogy, the the trilogy, though,
2: I get it. Like, in the epilogue, I, at least.
1: I didn't like it in the epilogue. I actually liked it when they were bringing Superman back to life and Cyborg was showing the vision by the Motherbox. That just oh, confused that was cool. the
2: hell yeah. out of me. See, I dug that
1: <laughs> because it was the Motherbox being like this is what's going to happen if you bring this guy back to life and what's going to happen is dark side is going to kill lois yeah. lane and then superman's going to turn evil and i was like oh that's cool see um, i didn't
2: get that that was a message from the mother box i thought that like that ha- like actually was happening now but then the flash reversing time undid it i mean which i guess it's is not really what happened, but I I was like I don't understand because it, it happened. It yeah. showed us the vision, and then it was over, and everything they was could have normal. conveyed it better. They could and have conveyed like, it better.
0: <laughs> but I thought that was a cool. That was like a it was a fun Marvel ish yes. thing. You know that
1: that to me was like this is a cool way to set up what you want to do in future movies. Yeah. Um, and but like Stan's saying, I I do think it could have been executed better. And I'm I'm with you, Carol. When that first happened, I was like oh my God, are we just cutting to the future where this all happened and now the rest of the movie is going to be in this timeline? That I would was have just been really so,
2: jarring, I think. I was kind <laughs>
1: of excited, though, because I was like, <laughs> is this the Snyder Cut? Like, is, are we, are we, is there like a whole other <laughs> back half of this of it, movie? Yeah, I was like, that's so cool. It wasn't. It was just a yeah. vision. But I, I, I was fine with the Eventually. eventually. Uh, I hated the epilogue scene. I hated it. Yeah. And something that's really funny is that they literally just got everyone together in costumes and shot the scene in Zack Snyder's backyard. I don't know if you guys. Yeah. I heard really? that, yeah. yeah. Cause they oh didn't God. like have a set. <laughs> like, yeah, they didn't have anywhere to shoot. So they just shot in Zack Snyder's backyard. I thought this scene was lame. I thought it didn't add anything to mm. this storyline that we didn't already know. Like the cyborg flashback, like gave us everything or flash forward, gave us everything that we need to know. Yeah. yeah. And then this scene was just an excuse to have Batman and the Joker talk. And in maybe one of the worst Batman Joker conversations I've ever seen on film, where the Joker insinuates he's going to jerk Batman off at one point. But they mentioned your
2: Robin <laughs> killing thing. Yeah, but also like...
0: <laughs> but like, why? Yeah,
1: like, why? And who cares at this point? Like, at this there point, you know. who cares? Like, why bother?
0: And, yeah. okay, here's my biggest problem with with the scene between Batman Joker and Deathstroke. Oh, yeah. Because he's also in the scene. I Batman in this universe has never, well, not never, but like almost never been seen on screen with Joker in this universe. And he has literally never before been seen with Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. So him sharing a scene with these, with two of his like most famous and loved villains means nothing to someone who doesn't have the backstory. Like if you're going yeah. in blind, if somehow you don't know who the Joker is and his dichotomy with Batman, what does this scene mean to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, Dan,
2: like
0: but I that they're think working people together.
2: people are assuming that. There's no one on planet Earth who doesn't know.
0: Okay, but okay, maybe not Joker, but what about Deathstroke? That, no, that yeah. Because like them working together, it shouldn't strike anything for someone who or is only following these movies yeah. because that is has not well,
2: especially been it hasn't been being, set up. you were just introduced to him talking to Lex Luthor and so like you understand that he's yeah, probably ship, not which a is good like guy. The but then you see them working together and it's just all confusion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, what I don't what's yeah. happening?
3: and i
1: mean i would argue even as someone that does understand the batman joker when
0: like they were hanging out in
1: that scene i was like this does nothing like it doesn't even do anything for me as a fan of that because yeah like i think
0: because jared leto Leto sucks i mean
1: we can talk about jared leto but there are like so many cool ways to do stories of batman joker having to team up and there have been such cool versions of that even just recently scott snyder like famous dc comic book writer did one called last night on earth yeah, Snyder. Like, the, the good Snyder. Um, and, um, <laughs> you know, uh, this to me was just kind of disappointing because I don't know exactly... Like, we don't know... Obviously, Superman's bad, but we don't know exactly why are they teaming up. Yeah. Like, what is their purpose of working together? And then, well, outside of it's that...
2: epilogue to start intrigue for the next two movies where that's yeah, explained that's the that they're is never like, happening. Ugh,
1: and they're never going to happen, <laughs> but also, even if they did happen, like, there's not enough drama there that I care about. And so it yeah. just
0: because we didn't have a quintessential batman no. story where he faces the joker yes. as a villain and
1: we didn't see the whole death of robin thing so when joker brings it up and in batman versus superman it's not even explicit that this is his motivation for things so when he brings I, it up here it was just kind of like well i get it because i was explaining it to everyone but like nobody else knew so like why this, this doesn't mean anything and then yeah we just get yeah. such weird lines about like oh bats like who's gonna give you a reach around and i was like that's weird and then also (laughs) batman's like so when i kill you and make no mistake i will fucking kill you and i was like zach i was like dude i i was literally these these were my actual thoughts when batman said that i was like zach i was so ready to just get on this podcast and be so positive about you and how you finally get to do something in your own vision and then you just have to go and write like a 12 year old's idea of a Batman Joker scene, a Batman being like I'm going to fucking kill you. And I was like why? Like what does this do for anyone? Like hearing Batman say I'm going to fucking kill you. Like did anyone get hype at that? Like I just I'm trying to imagine someone seeing that and then like being excited and not just like laughing because I la- I audibly like laughed out loud when Batman said that line.
0: And another problem with this scene is it's too like this is end credit material but it's 20 minutes. Yeah. It's like what it's 20 minutes it's 30 right? minutes almost that's way too long to be an end credit yeah. scene yeah so for the record i mean and in my intro i said i was pretty astounded by this movie that like uh, a little asterisk there it's like everything before this <laughs> epilogue <laughs> chapter the first six chap, six chapters yeah.
2: i did like the part my of the epilogue chapter. where cyborg like is actually finally listening to the message his father left yes and then it all goes bad but that was nice i like that too is that in this yeah. chapter it's
1: right oh, at yeah. the start i guess this chapter yeah. starts yeah I, i'll okay. say i'll say this actually this chapter starts with we get a quick moment with each of the characters we get the superman thing like taking his shirt like the chris reeve thing we get cyborg mm-hmm. listening to the yeah. message we get barry allen becoming a scientist which yeah it doesn't make sense with his origin but whatever at least it's a barry allen thing we get batman on the dark knight returns tank we get something with wonder Woman. i don't remember what it was honestly unfortunately i don't know aquaman's going
2: to see his dad
1: aquaman's going to see his dad yeah so i kind of felt i was it reminded do me do we I, have
2: something with wonder woman i don't have anything in my something. notes I'm sure, I'm sure we do, we do but There's i also don't really beach. have anything about it but i have yeah. something about everyone else it reminded Sorry. me
1: of like at the end of the first avengers movie when like tony and bruce like drive off in a car together and steve like rides off on his motorcycle and Thor takes Loki back to Asgard. It was just that thing of, like, oh, cool. They te- And Nick Fury narrates yeah, like, it. Yeah, like, they've teamed up. Yeah. Now they're going their separate ways, and, we like, they're going back to doing their hero things. I thought it was cool. But they'll be back. But then we cut to, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg and uh, <laughs> Magic Mike on a boat. And then...
2: <laughs> Deathstroke is visiting Lex Luthor, who is on a boat. Oh, Joe Manginello from Magic Mike?
0: <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Also Flash from spider-man Oh my god yeah flash
1: thompson from spider-man 2002 really? wouldn't want to fight me neither oh
2: my god. <laughs> um yeah i saw that sorry
1: and then <laughs> yeah then we cut to the dumb epilogue and then we cut to a very another demo a very yeah just clearly different like four years later ben affleck having a conversation with as we know was just nothing that they just like edited around <laughs> and then also a- another like thing i want to make fun of in this scene is He says, like, what is, like, people will call you? And then, like, the scene happens. And then he says, oh, by the way, like, people call me the Martian Manhunter. That was kind of crazy. His name isn't the Martian Manhunter. That's his, like, superhero name. Like, his name is John Jones. That's, like, his, that's his given name. It's John Jones. Like, Martian Manhunter is his super, but, like, he's not being a superhero. Who would call him the Martian Manhunter? Like, like, just, again... (laughs) Like with the fucking ship in the hangar, he should have said, "People called me John Jones," and then flown away, and then people would have been like, "Yeah." It's like with Scarlet Witch, like how like recently in WandaVision and whatever. If you Haven't seen WandaVision yet. Grow up. Like it's been on TV <laughs> for a long time, but like <laughs> recently in WandaVision, they finally called her the Scarlet Witch. Like I would have liked for like the first. I would time have liked maybe. to have seen him just be like, "Yeah, this is who I am," and then maybe in the Justice League sequel he, like, becomes the hero, the Martian Manhunter,
0: but... Or, you know what else would have made sense? Is if, like, if you're keeping the fact that he refers to himself as Martian Manhunter, if you see him in that um, yeah. Age of Gods absolutely. flashback... Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, that would have... He was would have been a lot better, Hunter. too.
1: But in this movie, it's like he clearly just hasn't been Martian Manhunter, because in Batman vs Superman, he's in, like, the room when the president decides to fire a nuke at Doomsday, and he does nothing. So I'm like, okay, you're clearly not being a superhero so who's calling you the martian manhunter i don't know okay. the, the, yeah yeah
2: sorry i have a point but you should finish your point because my point's gonna derail us
1: all i was gonna say <laughs> is that this entire epilogue to me was batman vs superman vibes Where like I, I, like the rest of this movie almost felt like a different movie for man of Snow and batman vs superman where i was like this has like this is okay like okay we're doing the thi- we're potential. doing the thing we're doing the thing and then this epilogue happened and i was like Zack, Like, why? Why did you have to just put more of your Batman vs. Superman bullshit in this movie? Anyway, that's all I was going to say.
2: And I was going to say, because you mentioned nukes, in this film, because they do more backstory with Cyborg and talk more about what he can do, at one point it's mentioned he can launch all of the world's nukes with just a thought. Yes. And the fact that that was never brought up as a way to maybe defeat this super strong alien being who they've been trying to fight this whole time is wild to me also especially because in the age of heroes battle essentially dark side was just i mean sure cut by gods but you know like essentially kind of stabbed to death like it shows they're not invincible so in theory if they could just pin him down. But also at the same time, I kind of had a pet peeve because in that Age of Heroes battle, he was just kind of stabbed a bunch. And then now in this timeline, Steppenwolf, when he had hundreds of Amazon warriors shooting arrows Mm -hmm. at him, he managed to disappear before that happened. And he's supposed to be less powerful than Darkseid, just nitpicky things. But I was like, why are they having so much trouble even hurting him a little bit?
0: Yeah, and I think it's a, it's actually been a common complaint that Darkseid lost too easily yeah. in that flashback. Uh, I- like he's supposed to be set up as like this, you know, <laughs> very intimidating future villain. Honestly. Yeah, that's I it.
1: agree. I I think it's what's what he said in interviews after, and it's not made clear in the movie at all. And I also stumbled on that. I was like, oh, like someone just hit him.
3: and then he left like and then he just left like what
1: but um i think what he's what he's talked about after is that like the version of dark side we get there is like it's like young like teenage dark side who's not like fully yeah he's not like fully powerful yet you know what i mean this is like some of his first conquests and so he gets like pretty easily beaten but the idea would be that like when he comes to earth after he's like his He's like at his maximum like
2: form he's like and wearing armor and stuff
0: it's like in <laughs> batman begins when bruce like trains exactly. and like yeah, yeah, before yeah. he trains he's just like a little yes. shit. yes
1: yes yes exactly exactly um i so i think that's supposed to be that but that's not made clear so whatever mm-hmm. I, i'm just just for you guys his own do like mental health that's why i'm telling you that but it's Thank not made you. clear in the movie um i i agree like i thought that line about nukes was also kind of dumb because yeah. i honestly thought when he was like tapping into the mother boxes that somehow, like, Dark Side would like reverse it on him, and then Dark Side would like have control of nukes and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, there's so much more they know. could
2: have done with that.
1: It was just like especially was a,
2: if you mentioned nukes by name like yes. they're so powerful you didn't That's have to tell us like that, it's implied And Chernobyl's and radioactive
1: And Chernobyl's anyway. radioactive and that was the yeah. thing it was such a it was the Chekhov's gun thing of like okay so you brought up nukes Yeah so Are I we was ever like okay do
2: anything with it This like, is how they're going to kill them and then no yeah. we just wanted to let you know
0: maybe in a future movie <laughs>
2: yeah, <everything laughs> That's never the... going to
0: happen <laughs> <laughs> Well I mean like I said there was enough like this cut was all because of fan yeah, yeah. response.
2: That is true. So
0: yeah. who knows? If like after seeing how much better this cut is than any of the other Snyder movies, maybe there will be like a push for future Snyder releases.
2: Um, I think there you already has you never been. never know really. But there is. Yeah. Like I, initially right now he's saying he has no plans to continue. Yeah. But obviously if enough people ask and he gets offered enough money but my i don't know like i get it he wants to he wants to show us his vision or i mean you know maybe he might just be over it and be thinking fuck wb i just wanted to service the fans this one time but like i personally would not want to work with the wb ever again if i was him (laughs) like (laughs) no matter how much money they offered me
1: here's the thing though i don't think he's gonna get the chance not because there is some fan demand but like literally like two days ago the president at wb came out and someone asked like what do you think about all this like restore the snyderverse stuff and she was like we're not making any more Zack snyder movies <laughs> she was like no she was like we're making new stuff and no one's ever gonna see a david ayer cut of suicide squad like she literally like said this and she was just like no we're done we're done you guys got your movie we're done now they also said that about the Snyder Cut in the first place. Everyone was like, "There is no Snyder Cut. It doesn't exist." And then eventually, it happened. So I'm never. I'm not saying like it's yeah, not yeah. gonna happen. I'm just saying we'll see. And also, ultimately, WB is owned by AT and T. Yeah. So if AT and T eventually is just like, "Hey, fuck you," and like fires this person that's the head of WB and then brings on someone that is okay with Zach, yeah, that can change could change everything. everything. You know what I mean? So we'll see. I wouldn't be here. I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the rest of the story in some form like if maybe Maybe we get a comic book or if we get like an animated adaptation of it Mm. with maybe like the guys will come back like the actors and do uh (laughs) just lend the voices i mean yeah i don't think i
2: would watch or read that as bad as it sounds (laughs) i'm like interested enough that i will continue to support it in the form that i know but i don't care enough to then like up a Fair comic book to
1: finish the story. I would 100% read it if it was a comic <laughs> book, just to see. I'm just curious. Like, I just want to see what. I mean, we know kind of what happens, but I would be
0: interested in an animated. Yeah, I think that could movie, work. Too. To be honest, because DC animated, like they have a pretty good hit yeah. track record yeah for sure of like some good stuff it could be fine i
1: don't know i don't think we'll have arc- well i shouldn't say i don't think i don't know i don't know like this has changed everything so who, knows? who knows we'll see what happens the future is uncertain yeah the future is uncertain um we haven't talked at all about lois lane being pregnant we should probably talk about that before we
2: i mean we- they just showed pregnancy tests existing in her home are we supposed to imply that she's yes. pregnant
1: okay. no 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 she's definitely because then at the end of the movie martha and lois are bringing like a bassinet into the house and bruce oh, turns I to clark and says that. oh congratulations probably writing notes <laughs> and then also like zack snyder has said like yeah she is pregnant in this movie
2: okay sorry speaking of lois lane and superman in this yeah. cut of the film because i know they got more time together upon reuniting and whatever there's one scene when they first go back to superman's house when it's still foreclosed and before martha comes back And Superman is just standing in a field, staring off into the distance as he does. And Lois walks up behind him. And with no context whatsoever, he goes, I'll take that as a yes. Because she's wearing his ring. Like, we know what he's talking about. But they've been hanging out and reunited for who knows how long. Hours. Half a day. It's been on her finger the whole time. I'm sure they've talked about other things. Just out of nowhere, zero context. They haven't even made eye contact. He's not looking at her hand. Like, do you think, like, she... Like, obviously in the film, she didn't even take a beat. It was just, like, a happy moment. But, like, I would be like, what is he talking about? Take what is it? Yes. Are we talking about food or something? (laughs) Like, she can't read his mind.
1: (laughs) I think Superman, after coming back from the dead, has a little (laughs) bit of brain damage. He
0: was like, you want to go get some Chinese? (laughs) Like,
1: here's the thing. Superman keeps... Starting sentences by answering like questions or whatever that weren't there. like again like going back to the not impressed line like I think everyone you know what it might be just like it's like he's what? he's
0: remembering questions that were asked just before he died and then he came back to life and he's like oh here's the answer to that question by the way yeah by the way <laughs> oh my god I don't know I I didn't think much of lois lane's pregnancy i kind of forgot that it's not there, ex- like
1: it's not a plot point in this but it was a part of the whole arc which is apparently i mean i can just lay it out for you guys he's talked well, about what it
3: is
0: that would also you know what that feeds pretty well into like if like eventually when lois would die because maybe she would die with the baby yeah. like carrying the yeah, baby. yeah
1: so the i believe the arc is she would basically Darkseid would come to earth bruce would like take lois and like leave her in the Batcave cave to like try to protect her but Darkseid would show up to the Batcave cave and kill her there so in that scene where superman's like holding lois's dead body you can actually see like the robin suit in the background so like yeah he's she he killed her in the back and then the world goes to apocalypse timeline and then ultimately the story would be that like the flash would take batman back in time and batman would like basically be there in the back cave instead of lois to like save lois but then die in the process and then like clark and lois's son who is like saved by this whole process would be named bruce and then bruce for some reason would not have any powers and because he doesn't have any powers and because he's named bruce and because like bruce wayne sacrificed himself would then become like the new dc batman that was like the plan for all but of with this. no money
2: but how would that
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I. I yeah.
2: Superpower is his money, as A he explicitly Batman. says to Barry Allen. <laughs> don't know
1: what to tell you. <laughs> don't know what to tell you.
0: But how would that feed into the BVS Flash?
2: Yeah, Easter that Easter
1: egg? egg doesn't work. We just got to forget that Easter egg happened. It doesn't okay. because here because he says Lois is the key. Cool. So he has to stop Lois from dying. I get that. But then he says, "You were right about him. You are always right," which, like we talked about,
0: yeah and why would he visit that why would Bruce he visit Wayne, that Bruce like, Wayne from that time who
1: is he talking to like when he says you're you're right about him because Superman was a good guy for a long time so why would he say that about Superman and if he's yeah. not talking about Superman who is he talking about Dark Side, like okay but like why would you like yeah I don't know that scene doesn't make sense it shouldn't exist
2: sorry speaking of another scene that doesn't make sense or like it makes sense but the Wonder Woman scene in the bank with the guys who Oof. wanted to blow up the bank and the surrounding four city blocks to set the clock back a thousand years or whatever yeah w- what was that all about how was blowing up the bank gonna do that
0: ah uh, that was another Me problem too. and that like i thought maybe in the snyder cut there was footage that we would see that would work that into the story somehow it still just doesn't just fit in Group really. of random it's just guys. like an introduction yeah. for <laughs> wonder
1: completely woman unrelated. yeah uh it's an unfortunate scene for a couple of reasons it's unfortunate for me going back to all my funny nitpicks (laughs) if this was a marvel movie like you think about spider-man homecoming and you know spider-man in that movie there's like those random thugs that he fights and one of them is the shocker who like is a spider-man villain and spider-man has to like take him down before he ends up fighting the vulture who's like the main villain of the movie and to have like this dc movie this introduction to wonder woman scene and the bad guy in the scene that's trying to blow up the bank is just generic guy in a hat yeah and i was like why wasn't that like just some some c-tier dc villain because it doesn't feed into the rest of the plot anyway so it could have literally been anyone and you could have just made that a generic bank robbery like why does blowing up to send back the thousand yeah. years? who cares who cares it's oddly
0: specific yeah like not having any
1: exactly exactly just have it be like black mask or like just like some gangster from the dc universe um, the other part of that scene is weird is that Wonder Woman super fast right blocking all the bullets, running up to guys taking guns. then there's one guy left and instead of just running up and like punching him, she does her God killer explosion yeah. bracelet blast
2: <laughs> and explosion for a human half being. The,
1: bank. <laughs> the like creates an explosion equal to the explosion <laughs> yeah. that would have happened and then turns around to everyone and is like okay
2: guys so uh yeah are we'll you guys all right go? all these children who are just shot at by a machine gun <laughs> she turns like no i am dead not all, all right yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she accidentally <laughs> killed everyone <laughs> oh.
2: and then oh my god also immediately after she asked them if all if they're okay one little girl just goes yeah like can i can i be like you yeah <laughs> And she goes, oh, yeah, you can be anything. And it's like, no, you cannot be like her. You do not have these powers. Don't think you can now run around killing bad guys. Just be I lucky know. you're alive. Be an empowered woman. But, like, this is not your future path. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was a little uh, little on the nose. It was like, was we're like going to be cheesy and empower women yeah. like
2: the Wonder Woman standalone yeah. film did. But it's horrible it doesn't actually make any sense and would no. not be what happened in that scene at all
3: no
1: absolutely not absolutely not this scene yeah this scene feels weird in both cuts for me um i i don't uh, yeah. particularly yeah. it wasn't very yeah intrigued. it wasn't a great introduction of wonder woman in, in either movie so also uh, sorry yeah.
2: speaking of wonder woman i'm now going through my notes in in chronological order mm-hmm. um when steppenwolf shows up on themiscara and they're battling, and they figure out that they are going to just trap all the parademons in wherever they were in that building, um, and then they knock down all the pillars. Why did knocking down the pillars of the building cause it to then fall into the ocean? Engineer, does that make sense?
1: <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm an electrical engineer, so I don't know. <laughs> But I will say, I think that whatever I, I i also was kind of like i wonder how that's happening but then i was like yeah i like whatever <laughs> yeah
2: it was, it was pretty cool like, to then see all the parademons like fly out of the ocean i what wa- yeah. i did have a note where i was like okay that's lit but yeah it i just didn't compute in my brain
0: another religious reference probably like the locusts invading oh my god
1: that's what i'm saying or that's or why whatever. i keep calling
2: them mothmen even though i know now the they're parad- called parademons the but it's just more fun parademons. that way <laughs> there are demons.
0: um guys we haven't talked about the uh uh justice league fight i was just superman. gonna say still the best scene in both cuts <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely
2: and probably better um, without the one-liner that i heard was in the theatrical where superman says mockingly do you bleed and batman oh, goes yeah like, probably somewhere or some bullshit like that.
0: and he is it's a cgi lip so that was a weed and yeah that's that's and yeah
1: the obviously like the cgi on superman the recoloring so it's like later in the day so the sun's up more but everyone's suits look stupid because they weren't like lit to be like colored that way so it's just like (laughs) that yeah like it's um yeah this it definitely works a lot better here uh and yeah the the fight's cool like we dan and i talked about the best moment in this entire fight is superman fighting off three people and then the flash starts running in slow motion and superman's eyes just look at the flash yeah. and it's just like it's yeah. still the funnest scene in this whole movie if you're just like oh god superman's gonna fuck him up it's so good <laughs>
0: um yeah because prior to like i guess prior to the theatrical which is when i first saw that because this scene is from the theatrical i didn't even know or realize that superman could compete mm-hmm. speed wise with the flash so that was kind of yeah. cool yeah that was exciting
1: yeah it's a it's a fun moment and
0: and then they like go on to have a fight in their like frame of speed yes like separate from the other people like they're having like it's slow-mo but like it's actually a fast yeah fight in their own little like space i dug that
1: uh i dug this whole scene i will say the one thing that is a reshoot that i think is probably better which is probably the only thing in this movie that's a reshoot that i think is better is just the very, 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 very end of the fight. In the theatrical cut, Batman intentionally brings Lois in case something goes wrong and Mm. then when everyone gets fucked up, he's like, oh my god, fucking like Lois, and then like Lois shows up. Whereas in this, Lois is just bringing the guy coffee and happens to be there. So, to me, like, again, we've talked about how Batman in these movies is an idiot. And so, I appreciated in the theatrical cut, Batman, like, being two steps ahead and being like, okay,
0: that's a good point that was a very that was a very bad thing thing. thing. that was not present yeah and it wasn't present here and it
1: didn't like ruin like by no means ruin the scene or whatever um but i just yeah
0: but i noticed that too i was like oh where where did that shot go of him calling Alfred? he's like i need the big guns yeah
1: it's a cool (laughs) moment because he says i need the big guns and you're like what's gonna happen and then lois shows up and you're like and then yeah it's just it's a fun moment i i have to say though guys so batman like superman is like laser-fishing batman and batman's like Wonder Woman hit up he's blocking it. Yeah. And then he gets like pushed into the police car and Superman's like hovering over him and there was like a like a brief moment where I thought he was going to say Martha. Like i not even jokingly, I was like <laughs> cuz he didn't have the bring in the big guns line and I was like oh my god. Are we going to like get a Martha? Are we thing? bringing Martha, back? Martha? Are we going <laughs> to be- get a reverse Martha? and then we didn't thankfully we didn't but ju- there was just something about the way it was cut it looked like batman was about to deliver a line of dialogue at the last second and i was like fuck is it gonna be like are we gonna get the scene but we we didn't thankfully so all good all clear
0: you know what i like too that you just mentioned is uh bruce's decision to like integrate wonder woman's gauntlet technology into his that was yeah i cool. like that that was like avengers type teamwork did stuff that
2: show up in, in the Justice theatrical League? too Study nope. okay no yeah, I that saw was it was a not side present. project that they included in the snyder cut and so i was like it'd be interesting if they didn't show them developing it and he just used it without context yeah well <laughs> in the
1: theatrical cut there are a couple scenes of him just like blocking parademon fire and i remember oh. being like okay yeah. i guess <laughs> i guess he just has an armored suit but sure. um i do like though yeah i think that is a fun like character moment and i like the stuff between like alfred and wonder Woman, when he's like oh yeah like we made these gauntlets that can like absorb and reflect energy and she's like oh did you also uh make a lasso yeah, you should probably you should. make it come in black and i was like oh that's funny like that's yeah. i yeah. like that that was that was dope." i also like when the whole justice league shows up at the Batcave cave the first time and batman's like guys this is alfred i work for him and alfred's just like what it just it reminded me a lot of like the christopher nolan when like batman thinks he's gonna turn himself in in the dark knight and alfred's like so I guess they're going to take me away as your accomplice. And Batman's like, accomplice? I'm going to tell them the whole thing was your idea. And I was like, I just like like that <laughs> dynamic between the two of them. So i like to see that here as well. Uh, that was nice. Uh, that's something that confused me. Speaking like about some of the comedy in this, the comedy in this movie is so much better than the comedy in the theatrical cut. But...
0: So why did they take it out, yes, and yes they literally <laughs>
1: took out like decent comedy and then had Just Whedon rewrite like shittier comedy.
0: I don't know. They're like they're they had horrible confidence with this, I guess. <laughs> to then call in all the new shit that like failed so spectacularly. Yeah. It's it's sad.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. Like the, the, a lot of the it's jokes just an
0: out of touch. It's you know a tale as old as time. It's out of touch corporate, like, studio trying to use like lowest common denominators yeah. to rack in the money. That's that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the
1: thing, right? Is like a lot of the comedy in this movie actually feels more like Marvel movie comedy than the and stuff. So it's just ironic that they were like, hey, Josh, write like Marvel comedy, but then a lot of the comedy in that movie feels stupid, like in this movie when you get um i like the scene between aquaman and flash with the hats where he's like this is option a he's like absolutely not what's option b and then he puts it on he's like okay what's option a again like that to me was like such a marvel yeah. moment and i was like
0: and there's another one when the, when flash and cyborg were digging up superman's corpse yes. and he looks at wonder woman and he's like you think she'd ever go for a younger guy and cyborg's like barry she's three thousand years old every yeah. guy's a younger guy yeah that was there, that was new that good was stuff good
1: there There were some, like, actually, yeah, funny moments in this movie, so.
2: Yeah, I did appreciate those, but at the same time, knowing that the theatrical one was the one where they were explicitly, like, make it Marvel, then, I guess, seeing jokes in this one after seeing Man of Steel and Batman Vs. Superman and knowing the same dude was writing it, I was still kind of like, that doesn't feel Snyder. Because of what we saw previously, but, if I forget the context, I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's funny. I like it,
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: for me, this one strikes the perfect tone out of all three of these movies, like this one nails
2: the tone, yeah, like, I wish the they were all like that, yeah, because then also it wouldn't be so weird to me, but because the other two weren't, it just fell out of place, yeah there's a lack yeah, of yeah, yeah, consistency, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. um, yeah, this definitely does feel it's funny, in a lot of ways this feels like the best i've seen snyder be as a director in a while in terms of mm-hmm. like like really kind of getting all sides of it but then also there's a lot of places where it feels you know some of his worst traits are really brought out like we're talking about like, like the, the epilogue, epilogue like yeah. the slow-mo the excessive slow-mo there is a lot like of the weird in this movie. covers of songs instead of like musical score so you know it's like
0: and for the record sorry yeah. I'll just say like I still I'm not a fan of his visual style and another thing that's another thing I yes. mentioned in the intro like despite how this film looks which I am still not a fan of I still have to like that's his choice and it's just yeah. not my thing and I'm glad that he like is succeeding at making at at, at putting his visual st- his cinematic style mm-hmm. out there so I just wanted to I wanted to make that. I'm point. so
1: glad you brought up visual style because I this was something that I've been thinking about for a week, and it's like genuinely a question I have for you, Dan, about like filmmaking because I, I I have so I have a very specific thought is that everyone talks about Zack Snyder like being such a good visual filmmaker and like how good his like cinematography is or whatever, and how in his movies everything is like the like frames of a comic book. And here's what I'll say. I think Zack is good at taking characters and things that we want to see and knowing how to block them in a frame and how to hold on that frame long enough to feel like comic books brought to life but the what i'm always very confused about and you just kind of touched on this is there's something about the way his visuals look that a lot of the times don't even look like photorealistic to me like even things that are real kind of look almost cge fantastical yes or they have
0: and we talked about this in the last episode like it, even the real stuff looks yes so fake. like a very glossy 100
1: percent. and i was trying to understand like i was trying to think about like is this something to do with the way the film is like lit or is this all post-production filters and crap on top of it because it really takes me out of scenes a lot of the time where like so let's talk about the age of heroes thing which i think is such a cool moment but then everything kind of just doesn't it doesn't feel photoreal it feels like a video yes. game
0: okay, here's an opportunity to once again bring it back to the Lord of the (laughs) Rings scene that we compared it to. That one feels so much more real. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, looking back at that Sauron battle scene, like, there's all these real extras, and like all the action, like it it feels like you're just watching, like, real life. I mean, besides the fantastical Mm -hmm. like, decor and stuff but, you know, the actual action on screen feels real, as opposed to a lot of the action in this scene The Age of yeah. Scene, and it just it has this sheen to it that feels like it feels like a video game cutscene. Not in the sense that it doesn't look like we're watching real humans, but it looks like we're watching humans do things that, like, like the motion of them looks like something yeah. from uh, an animated. Yeah, I know. Scene. What- if that makes sense i know sense.
1: what you mean it's just there's there yeah and it's, it's frustrating like and i maybe there like are a lot of people that really dig that like for me it's I, I do appreciate his ability to like get stuff in the frame that is comic booky and like present it and block it in a comic booky way um but i i much prefer that when it's also done in a way where the visual style does feel a bit more real and tangible like i i kept thinking about the batman trailer That we also covered on this podcast a while ago and like just how like textured everything is and like there's that scene of like batman just like in the rain and you can like see the individual rain droplets on him and you know like i i much prefer that to this type of visual style but yeah i mean it's his style he's always done it and obviously he's not going to change it for this movie which is like his (laughs) ultimate (laughs) zack snyder i can do whatever the fuck i want movie
3: yeah um
1: but yeah, I mean, I, I just find it funny when people talk about him being such a good visual filmmaker, and I'm like, I mean, kind of, like, half, like, kind of. <laughs> like, I like what's in the frame, I just don't always like how it looks, like, or, like, the, the almost the quality of the image itself, there's, like, an issue with,
0: so. And that's not all on him, like, the, like every movie yeah. has a, a lighting, but you know, there's the director of photography, which is not Zack Snyder, there's the lighting team, which is not him, but it's important to note he has like a huge influence on how his movies look and especially absolutely and
1: that was something I've, I've always been curious about is for someone like him that all his movies do kind of have that look i'm wondering if a lot of it is just like going back in post production and i'm like sure fucking around is. with stuff so it looks the way he wants it to look so i i don't know i mean i i don't know where exactly the blame lies on it but um yeah it, it i agree with you i just i doesn't do it for me so
0: but that's I mean, just to reiterate, that's our subjective take.
2: I think we need to reiterate and, uh, that everything uh, not, we like, say wrong. on this podcast yeah. is just our subjective take.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Everything we've said up to now <laughs> has been has been yeah. fact. Yeah,
1: especially the hangar scene where no. it's not something from the comics. That's an <laughs> yeah. objective fact that that made the movie worse.
0: So. <laughs> also, uh, real quick, I'm surprised uh, we haven't made this pun, but when we were talking about the uh, Martian Manhunter as martha we never made like a martha manhunter a <laughs> martha manhunter so i'm making that now
2: <laughs> put it on the record <laughs> <And that's it>. <laughs> <laughs> the joke yeah. has been made we're I taking over there <laughs> we didn't miss that opportunity
1: <laughs> do you guys have any uh miscellaneous last thoughts
2: i have one and that's it i've looked through now Go all of it. my notes while you guys were talking about the Zack snyder filming style because i had no comments to add Fair um enough. So when the Amazonians send that arrow to their temple in Crete Mm -hmm. and Wonder Woman goes there and she uses the arrow to unlock this hidden passageway thing. But to get in this hidden passageway, she just so happens to find some linen and some gasoline and something to light that on fire to then be tomb raider or indiana jones like just what are the odds that at this random ancient site in crete she has everything she needs to make this this torch for herself another nitpicky thing but i was like that's awful convenient (laughs) unless she brought it i don't know well
0: it was like an excavation site wasn't it i don't know was it i i I honestly there was like there was like equipment set up there i think
2: but linen and gasoline and and a big piece of wood
0: (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) that's
1: fair
2: all right next to each other on a table
1: (laughs) just shenanigans
0: well clearly okay someone was gonna fix up a torch (laughs) and they laid every individual material out and then they went to like go pee or something and then she stole it and made it i'm surprised
1: in this movie with a four minute foreign singing scene that we didn't also see <laughs> um yeah i have uh, i have two nitpicky miscellaneous notes one so you know last episode we really harped on the introduction to batman and mm-hmm. also just like the introduction yeah. in general to most of the superheroes
0: oh you mean like the oh, first time yeah he just like yeah. Man,
1: and he's like <laughs> hiding and then yeah. and then later he's just kind of walking around in the suit the first time you see him and you're like what is happening like what um so this movie they do a very cool scene the first time you see batman in the suit right you get the shot jim gordon on the roof mm-hmm. oh yeah very... was this
2: the first time we saw jk simmons as jim gordon yeah
1: first and last first and last well, definitely yeah. never coming back
0: I was hoping we would see more of him in Me the too. Snyder cut, but it's like pretty much the same as the theatrical. Yeah, but he's he's he's
1: on the roof and it's night and it's darkly lit and we have a beautiful wide shot and he just flips on the bat signal and the bat signal's on and then we cut and you see him look up and there's this tarp and the tarp is like f- gently in the wind and then as it like peels back, you just see Batman like he's standing there and he's a badass and there's like a fucking storm behind him. He's badass Batman and then he jumps down and he jumps down and he like stands up and he's a badass. And then just off frame, Wonder Woman Flash just walk into the shot. They just do a little bit like, Hey, we're here too. And I was like, God damn it. Like so like close. this this whole scene I was like, yes, like a character introduction. And then they literally just walk into the frame and they must have been like right next to Gordon in the first place to be up there on the roof. And I was like, Oh, like
0: Bruce is like, Alright guys, I'm gonna make this awesome. Like entrance, you guys have to wait for me to finish my entrance before you can that's walk the in. Thing. It's like, <laughs> and they had they no all part of came
1: it. there together, right? <laughs> like, they g- yeah. No, he's Batman. like, here's the coordinates. Meet me there. <laughs> well, Flash and Batman get off the plane. They meet Wonder Woman. They talk. Ba- Flash sees the signal and is like, oh, that's your signal. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I'm Flash. I'm an idiot. And then Bruce is like, suit up. We gotta go see Gordon. And then yeah, Batman makes this dynamic entrance and then they're just like hey we're here and then like later in the scene like they're all hanging out and then gordon turns and he looks back and they're all gone except flash which i get (laughs) is supposed to be a joke but it doesn't make sense because like wonder Woman's never seen gordon before and cyborg has never seen gordon before and the flash is the fastest one there batman
0: should have been the only one yeah like
1: how did they all leave and the fastest person there didn't notice and also why did they all leave (laughs) like I don't know it just that i for sure thought that was a whedon cut joke and yeah, i'm really too. surprised to see it in this movie because it's it's just awful it's just a stupid <laughs> joke it doesn't make any sense my only other nitpick is that as you mentioned carol we get that voiceover where we learn about <laughs> cyborg's powers yeah and here's how that voiceover happens the cyborg's dad shows up and he's like you won't talk to me talk to me i'm trying to be your dad <laughs> and cyborg is like no and then he says okay here's a tape recorder where i have explained all your powers to you and he puts it on the table and walks away and then cyborg immediately turns around grabs the tape recorder and starts listening to his dad explain to him all his powers how did his dad know all these things that he could do also why did his dad record this for him i i just i i I was like i was baffled by this choice where like I, i don't i don't understand who thought that was a good idea like so he's gonna walk into the scene put the tape recorder down walk out of the scene and then he's gonna play the tape recorder which is just him talking and i was like what like that is how you chose to get this information across <clears throat> and also it sucks because like the flash should like learn about his powers by like having to use them and like fail at using them do you mean cyborg? and oh sorry cyborg yeah not flash cyborg <laughs> and uh, in this scene like he just has it all explained to him and then he just uses them and i was like that kind of sucks i like that would to have been a bit more like cyborg going out there and actually learning and not just you know have his dad tell him in a tape recorder so anyway that was my other nitpick i just i didn't appreciate it i thought it was kind (laughs) of kind of dumb i know the tape recorder comes back but see i wouldn't have minded that if the dad like left this tape recorder and he like cyborg just crushed it and, and never listened it. to it yeah. and then like fixed it and listened to it at the end of the movie but no he does listen to it but he just stops when his dad's about to say something nice so whatever <laughs> i mean like i said this movie you know compared to the last couple of weeks pretty good <laughs> so most of the stuff here is really nitpicky it's not like nothing major it's not like we're questioning why people are doing what they're doing or who's who or yeah all right have we done it yeah, I've I've gone through everything I on my list. Have. Do we wanna quickly end this just by giving our rankings of the four movies? Sure, yeah. Carol, you haven't seen the theatrical cut, so you can just do the three if you want. Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know. I I suspect we're all gonna have the same one. I
1: think we will, but it's go for it, probably Justice League
2: or Snyder's Justice League, because I don't know the other one.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and then Man of Steel and then Batman vs. Superman.
0: Yeah, that's the
1: correct Easy. answer. That is Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then yeah, Joss just. is very
2: <laughs> Yeah, I figured we'd right. all have the same response. Yeah. I'm
0: glad we're all, all on right. the same page. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> I really, uh, yeah, like I said before, I'm glad we ended on this. It was a much more positive note. Um, and to reiterate what I said in the intro, like aside from what I think about the actual movie, I enjoyed the experience seeing the difference that you can make when you have one filmmaker on a project rather than you know, a corporation. It's a it's like a vast difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. am very
2: glad it was able to see the light of day. Me
0: too. Yeah. Yeah, this was a rumor for a long time and now it's actually a reality. And
2: just to think a month ago I had no idea this was gonna happen and I didn't care at all. Oh how far we've come. <laughs> oh how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, we've been on quite the journey guys.
0: Yeah. Man of the Man of Steel episode feels like a yeah. long time ago now.
2: Kind of was. <laughs> well,
1: there it is. Uh, I don't think we have anything. Us. I don't think we have anything to tease for people because we haven't decided what we're doing no, next. So it
2: will not be anything to do I with superheroes. That's oh, a promise. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about a certain we're- musical being the
0: next yeah episode. i thought we had <laughs> okay are
1: we because doing that near
2: easter when we're recording this we could and do it'll that be just after easter probably when it's released well a little okay. later but... well
1: no i mean easter's this weekend when yeah we're okay
2: it's this, gonna but... be like a month after easter <laughs> yeah it's
1: okay i mean we can do it if you guys want to do it we can do it i you I'm know down. I'm, I'm down on. i love okay. it so for all you zack snyder fans who like seeing superman be jesus we are gonna <laughs> talk about <laughs> actual jesus jesus christ superstar the movie adaptation of the musical by the not musical the rock opera yes by Andrew you? Lloyd Webber. <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited so excited. it's one of my faves it's it might be my favorite it's <laughs> insane i love every second of it and it's yeah, gonna it's be great.
2: fun
0: favorite musical or rock opera like, dan favorite
2: rock it's opera. my favorite it's rock its opera
1: i'll say Sorry. it's definitely my favorite rock oh, okay. opera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay well how many rock
0: operas <laughs> I mean, <just> are
1: this <laughs> one <morning. laughs>
3: so oh
0: my god. um so it's my favorite too i mean <laughs> yeah, exactly
2: yeah so Can't join wait. us for that next time
0: yeah we'll leave you with that
2: thanks guys bye all right thanks
0: yeah, guys
1: hashtag restore the snyderverse